What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 592 of the Smart Cut Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Fleece. 592. That's almost 593. That's uh, just one off. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not a one off podcast. And uh, also joining us, as always, is Callum Wiggins. Hello there. He is also not a one off. He's here all the time. Uh,. What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I figure that's the best way to start things off. Um, yeah, it's, uh, as far as the hot takes go, this is our normal breakdown of the news of the week. Of course, we always want to know what you guys have to say, so drop your thoughts in the comments below and everything. We normally break down everything from the TV recap stuff to you know gossip and... Uh, some rumor mill type stuff and announcements and trademarks and yeah, everything from uh, sun up to sundown. Is that a phrase? I don't know. I just made it up. Maybe it but, is now. <laughs> maybe it's a one-off phrase. So normally we go into this with a lot of different topics, and we have a couple different topics here to talk about. Some of them mostly good. Some of them, uh, some of them not. And of course, one of the things to address first things first is just our overall state of mind when it comes to this stuff. Cause I am still really, 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 really not feeling a lot of this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, give it a couple days and it'll all sink in and you'll be fine. And you'll just keep watching the show and all. I honestly have no interest in watching SmackDown tonight. Like quite literally zero interest. I, I kind of don't think I will really watch it. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it as far as like, do I record it, watch it afterward and skip through everything that I don't care about? Do I not bother to watch it at all and just check out uh, Dallas's coverage here on Sparka moment? Do I wait and see if anybody sends me a text message saying like, Oh my God, do you see that this happened or whatever? How are you guys feeling after this, uh, great night one of wrestlemania and then two absolutely horrible nights of wwe after that um i think ah because i just kept working and you know i i sort of stayed in the flow regardless of how blah i was feeling after raw I'd rather watch SmackDown than the nwa pay-per-view i have to watch tonight i'll say that much i didn't even know that uh, there was one Exactly. Um, look, it's it's not great. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, oh, it'll all be great. Just give it a couple of weeks. It isn't great, but it's the wheel is going to keep on turning despite our dismay. So, uh, you know, let's let's just hold on to that shred of hope that something will turn around. I mean, I'm feeling pretty I'm feeling pretty good. But that's because mm. of everything outside of WWE. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, this is a perfect time to just, you know, not watch it and realize hey, there's a lot of other great wrestling that's on right now. So let's check all that stuff out instead. I will say just to jump ahead and then we'll talk about it in more detail. AEW definitely did a good job of being like, hey, if everybody hated everything that just happened with WWE, let's put on a show that people would actually care about. Let's have some good matches. Let's have some surprises. Let's 
change things up for the better and make things an improvement and learn from everything that WWE should have learned for decades and decades worth of Raw after WrestleMania. So much more of a positive AEW week for sure. And, you know, a couple of the announcements as well. We're going to get into some of those. But as far as like that whole 2022 was very much like WWE starts off Ah oh, man, that's terrible. And then they start getting better. And then AEW starts off great. And then that gets worse and all. Uh, we're uh, we're in a, a time frame right now where it's like, hey, two weeks ago, a lot of people probably would have been like, let me head on over to that WWE company. And right now it's like, hey, what's up, AEW? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll say this because like I know that. A lot of the fun of the Monday Night Wars, what people were hoping they would get with the, you know, another competitor is the idea of, oh, great, maybe everybody will start, you know, firing on all cylinders. Like you had that beautiful time from like mid 96 to early 98 where all companies are really doing well. Everything I've seen WWE and AEW so far is, wow, WWE really sucks. AEW is killing it. Wow, AEW is kind of falling apart, but look over here, WWE, Vince is fired, everything's great, and now it's right back to, oh, Vince is back, but fuck, Dynamite was great, wasn't it? Wow, like, I wish it was more just, wow, everybody's kicking ass instead of just, wow, this one really Mm -hmm. sucks, so this one took the advantage and had a really good show. I actually had a whole conversation about that with Caroline uh, the other night, because she was like... Well, if the you know the stuff with WWE is bad right now, isn't it going to potentially make AEW want to do things better and like that competition aspect? And I was like, yeah, that's that's the ideal of what it was back in the Monday Night Wars. Is now, of course, you know, week to week, particular episodes of Raw and Nitro were garbage sometimes, but you had Stone Cold Steve Austin and you had The Rock and you had the NWO and the Generation X and all these great like popular huge acts where you could go from one company to the other and you could potentially still be on the upward trajectory. And I was like, the difference between that and now is very much what you just said, Rob, which is it's never seemingly like the one does better and then the other one matches that and exceeds it. And then the other one's like, oh, well then I'll, I'll see your hand and I'll raise you this. It's more so like, well, we dropped the ball. So the other one looks better. And then they drop the ball. So then the other one's kind of, hey, look at that. See, we don't look that bad anymore. And it's really, it's disappointing in some ways. But obviously there are some major positives when it comes to AEW this week that we can talk about that are just like, that's a step in the right direction. Good. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about hashtag fire fence. We'll talk about uh, battle of belts. We got signings from AEW, you know, a couple things here and there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and the biggest story ever, which is, you know, WWE is no longer going to be with a McMahon in majority control because technically Endeavor now owns WWE. I pretty much said everything I need to say about that one. I I don't like it. <laughs> it's better than the Saudi deal. But the I've said this a million times on different podcasts the phrase it could be worse is terrible and i absolutely hate that and i never see any kind of comfort in that when people do the whole like hey you know you should be happy wwe could have sold to saudi arabia no i'm not happy that they sold to endeavor 
I am happy that they didn't sell to Saudi, but it doesn't make me happy about the situation. It just means that, you know, if you punch me in the balls and you say, hey, I could have chopped off your arm. Yeah, you still punched me in the balls, though. <laughs> you know, like, why, why didn't you just, like, uh, do something nice? <laughs> and I don't have a lot of good faith in this. I think that we are going to get the pay-per-view structure going back to where it was before, where we're spending way too much money on stuff and everybody goes back to pirating things. I don't look forward to crossover stuff because I don't care about UFC. So it doesn't matter to me whatsoever if we end up getting like kind of like what we got with TNA where it was like, oh, it's Rampage Jackson's here. Who fucking cares? You know, now who cares? Yeah, I mean, obviously lots of people care about UFC, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't care. Just the same as I don't care when they have like some NASCAR driver on there or they've got whoever the hell it was that's saying the national anthem or the America, the beautiful over the past weekend. Like I don't care. I'm here to watch WWE. I'm not here to watch UFC. So I don't like that. I don't think that this is going to be good for the future of um, the people in control. I think that we're going to get some bad people kind of in the back of the mix. How are you uh, overall feeling about the, the future of, a UFC slash WWE TKO, whatever they call it, company, Callum, is that like a potential benefit? Or do you think that that's kind of a doom and gloom scenario like I think? Or <laughs> I, I mean, fundamentally, really, I don't really see the booking changing that much beyond the fact of who's in charge now of the creative side of things. My fundamental fault, and the one that I think just goes under the radar, I know some people are trying to make sure it stays in the conversation and good on them for doing it, is the fact that Vincent Mann's in charge, and not from a creative standpoint, it's the fact that he's uh, allegedly sexually assaulted people. And uh, I don't think that that needs that should be like swept under the rug, about the fact that this guy is a bad person in a lot of people's eyes. And so just the fault that he has been put into a position of power and then just thinking, you know, in 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 five, six months' time, well, it's about seven or eight months' time, when another person who has a similar track record gets put into the White House again, then I'm going to be even more upset about, about that side of things. But uh, we got we got a good year and a half, year and a half. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Well, he'll get voted. He'll get voted in in the next like uh, whatever. But uh, but no, I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's just depressing that he has been putting back into a position. Admittedly, I think the people's assumption that it's, well, put it this way, that episode of Raw was absolutely terrible. And we'll talk about that when it gets to it. And that, I mean, fundamentally, that'll probably be the last WWE that I watch for a while. I really have no, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, the difference being that I have no uh, financial have motivation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have no financial motivation to watch it, so I'm just not going to. Um, you lucky bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the probably the next thing that I watch with WWE, even if I feel like it, potentially, if I feel like it will be Money in the Bank, I'll probably just stay completely off of the grid until then because I just don't really have any interest of in doing so. And yeah, I, the booking side of things, it's more just you can see that there's a lot of confusion and morale is down as low among the talent, and that's not a good position to be in. I think that there's a lot of people behind the scenes that clearly don't want Vince back in power or don't know what all this means. I'm, I, mean, I was always critical of the Triple H regime because I just think that it was, you know, they traded out uh, actively bad creative for actively boring creative. 
which is an improvement, but it's still not something that I'm going to be like shouting from the rooftops. Oh my God, this company's so much better now. And the only reason that they were compared favorably to AEW is because CM Punk ran his mouth. Um, which goes back to right back to what I said earlier, which is yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like their their rise in uh, people's estimations was more due to AEW's downfall more than them actually making a lot of positive strides. Admittedly, they were positives, so there is that side of things. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the Triple H thing later on and what he, potentially he might or might not say on SmackDown. But I just think it's quite funny if everything that he said, like nothing's changing. And then it's immediately proven that yeah, a lot of things are changing. There's uh, there's production that and notes that are going out on the fly, and things that were scheduled to happen according to like Fightful that have been very reliable with their rundown sheets in the months with Triple H at the helm. Then put out stuff that was then just changed immediately afterwards, and like it, that, there's only there's there's only one like factor in why that's the why that's the case. Within minutes, and honestly, I, I do want to touch on what Callum said there of uh, Vince being back in charge and being, you know, an abuser and just a not great person. Am I the only one who's been thinking, Jesus Christ, he's more dangerous now than before? Because oh, yeah. now mm-hmm. there's a higher up that completely believes in him and full throttle. Okay. Like, I'm but, concerned. Yeah. So the difference is that there is definitely that, and that is that is definitely a big thing that people should be talking about is the fact that yeah they now have these higher ups that have full faith in him as the visionary, the guy that took wrestling to the next level, and think that he's still the guy that has the power of doing it, stupid mustache or not. <laughs> and um, I think that the what, well, but the other aspect of that is if things do start to go wrong. He has someone in charge of him now, which means he has someone who could get rid of him. I just have but no faith that that actually means no. anything based off of the way that the world's been working. The pit. I mean, the world's probably, you know, just in general been working like this forever. and We well, never this- really paid much attention to it. But like the way that things have been in these past few years, it seems like everything's stepped up and everybody's just walking backwards. And, you know, you're almost like guaranteed to have this bulletproof type of the worst person you are, the more you get accomplished and like the whole, everything's just ass backwards. And I mean, obviously we don't need to get into super you know, politics cause this is a pro wrestling thing. But like, when you talk about like you, you put the news on and the Tennessee stuff comes out and you're just kind of like, come on. And like Florida stuff. I mean, you know, full well, Rob, like you're just like what the hell and then so i'm like yeah okay well then uh, we're just gonna deal with that now like there's no consequences really those kind of people we could say you know former uh not former sorry still in there WWE hall of famer indicted right uh, yeah i mean like (laughs) so i i don't for anybody that's like you know hey vince is gonna end up getting some sort of backlash behind this and he's now held responsible well he's only held responsible by people that seem to be facilitating that type of behavior so you can't expect the inmates to run the asylum in a different way. They're going to be like, yeah, that's great. Why don't you do more of that? Or something, you know, like, and I, uh, I, I guess we should just, we should talk about this and kind of factor it in here is this is obviously one of the biggest stories is that the immediate reaction to this has been the trending hashtags of fire Vince and fire Vince McMahon. And 
people were flooding the bump chat room with that. There's supposed to be awesome. Yeah. There's supposed to be potentially this hijack smackdown idea of just like chant that, but but like, I don't think that people are going to do that to begin with, but even if they do, WWE is just going to pipe out the crowd noise. So, yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's better than nothing. I'll say that. And there's people that are out there going, Hey, don't do that. Don't chant fire Vince during SmackDown. That's disrespectful to the workers. I don't think that the workers are going to fucking care. They're not going to take that as like, you know, if Elias and uh, Omos are having a match and you're chanting fire Vince, I don't think that the two of them are going to be like, you know what? I don't think that the fans are respectful enough to me. This is definitely a reflection on me. Or if Xavier Woods and LA Knight, when they're having their match tonight, if people are chanting fire vents, that's not going to be something. If I were in their shoes, I wouldn't be like, this is the worst thing you could have possibly done for me. No, I mean, yeah, obviously you want them to pay attention to your match, but one match on SmackDown doesn't matter compared to that. So I am not in the, just figure out a, a, a nicer way to do that, everybody. You should, I, I saw one person, I was like, this is fucking stupid as all hell saying i'm on board for the fire events chance but can you only do that when it's on like a a non-talking a non-wrestling segment like if you're gonna play nice like that then they're obviously not gonna do anything because they're gonna be like yeah you bunch of fucking pansies none of you really care enough you're only gonna be doing that during like you commercial wanna, breaks no because fuck you want to do something Walk out like actively as soon as you know the show is on the air, get up and walk out. Like, yeah, so if you if you want to do something that, like, yeah, that would be the best possible thing that they could do. But of course, a bunch of people are sitting there going, I paid money for these tickets, so I'm just exactly. gonna bow down and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna cheer this whole nonsense. And if Vince, let's tell the truth, if Vince came out on TV tonight, place would blow, right? Like, yeah, Go ahead, it's, it's the thing that people always take into account is just how minimal the Twitter reaction and these sort of hashtag movements are. Because, yeah, the majority of people that watch WWE and could arguably watch like a significant portion of wrestling, I'd say the AEW audience, and I think we'd all be in agreement that this is far more wired into the pro wrestling bubble and far more into that overarching like fandom discussion whereas a large portion of wwe audience are just people that just tune it on tune it tune in every week or just go to these shows to have a good time and don't really think about all of this stuff i mean again i, I, don't, I don't want to have a home at this point but this hashtag five interview where was this like three months ago when he cooed his way back into power surely that should be the moment you do it because you know, all the stuff that's been surrounding him. And the only reason that people are now doing this five inch thing is because he made a bad book. He made some bad booking decisions. Yep. It's like, get your priorities in order, people. <laughs> it's like, that, that's the thing that you should be, the thing that you should be anti Vince about is many other reasons outside of the fact of, oh, he didn't put Cody Rhodes over. I, I think- mean, like, what scares me is. Reading Fightful Select and seeing Sean say, like, oh, well, you know, this week's SmackDown is a huge moment because people think that if he travels to Portland for SmackDown, then he's just back permanently and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And that there are people who, as Sean reported, one high, high up on the card 
that would just ask for their release. It Who hurts. do you guys think that that might be? Who's high up the card? Because um, it depends on subjective perspective of yeah. high up on the card as well. And there are rumors that potentially Drew McIntyre might not be re-signing. There's rumors that Bailey might have quit. Yeah. The dyad apparently. Weird enough. Oh yeah, the dyad did ask for that. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're obviously yeah, not like the high up on the card thing. But the dyad is like they they quit, but they're also going to be on level up. Well, they haven't. They haven't. Been re- they've asked their release. They haven't. Yeah. been released. It's just kind of so. weird that they would bother to put them out there for that anyway. But I yeah. like. I obviously wouldn't think that the dyad would be the example of somebody high up on the card. I would think that that could potentially apply to Bailey, but I could. I would also not to you know. Uh, take anything away from Bailey. I would also go like, all right, if you're saying somebody high up on the card, I'm not immediately thinking Bailey. I would immediately think somebody closer, like you know, a Seth Rollins type or a um, maybe a Bobby Lashley. Maybe I mean, not to say that they are the ones that I'm thinking or whatever, but like if, if I'm talking high up on the card, I'm thinking main event type held a championship relatively soon kind of person bailey of course she's extremely high up on that but she doesn't compare to like a becky or a charlotte I mean, it's hard to say because i think because and maybe i'm just wrong about it because i don't know the inner workings of it and does you just have different impressions for people in front of the camera than it is behind the scenes but at least in front of the camera a lot of people that have been pushed towards the car seem to, 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 towards the top of the card seem to be pretty loyal to vince or at least that's always been my kind of perspective on mm. that. They always talk up Vince quite a lot. So yeah, I don't know which one of them. Sammy? Um, Sammy could could be, but... like The only reason I, I go specifically with him is because he flat out said in interviews, like, I wouldn't be here right now if not for Triple H. So, yeah. You know. I mean, like that would make sense to me if it was like a Kevin Owens or somebody rather than it's not roman obviously <laughs> and also you look at a guy like Sami Zayn, and you think that is one person who you can definitively say values morality mm-hmm. so yeah he'll stand up for something that he believes in even if he's going to catch some flack for it yeah him, him and owens are very similar in that regard, i'll say this so. seeing as it is a fight for report i obviously i have no clue whom sean was referring to but you know, high up on the card to me wouldn't wouldn't say Bailey. As much as I love Bailey, it wouldn't say Bailey at this time. I think I think Bailey is high up on the card for the women's side of things. When you mentioned Bobby Lashley, Bobby's nowhere like he just won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You can't get much further away from the top of the card than that, really. I think at this moment in time. But that also like, obviously plans fell through and that was absolute nonsense because they shouldn't have booked a Bray Wyatt thing to begin with. They didn't no. plan on having him be the Andre the Giant and worry about a Royal winner. Yeah. But I, I would typically lean towards someone who was in a, a match with someone like Trish and Lita is someone who if, from the women's standpoint is a top of the card woman act. Like there's very, there's like, there's only like three or four women that would probably be higher up on the totem pole at the moment than, than Bailey. So, uh, but I think that. That's a potential one. Again, it's it does seem odd about damage control seemingly being disbanded but not on TV and she her not coming out with Eo Sky and Dakota Kai and 
their match on Raw just seems like what's going on there. Like why you to not even do an angle about it either. So did they just once again do another Vince McMahon uh, thing of like, well, we're moving on and it doesn't matter if it makes any sense, just whatever. And I never wanted them anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a triple H formed group. So but I think also uh, to piggyback back on something that Rob said earlier about how the Vince traveling to Portland will be like the indication for them. I know Meltzer's also put in the uh, recent observer that whether or not he does actually travel, he will otherwise be essentially booking the show from uh, Connecticut remotely. So one way or the other, he's going to be in control. It just means that probably if he's there, there's going to be more on the fly changes, which was the, which was very typical of the old Vincent Mann regime. And if he's doing it remotely, then there's probably less likely because it's going to take more time and more effort to try and fiddle around with things once they've already been written and booked and put down. Isn't it crazy that we fucking went in a circle? Like, and to go back to Tony's point from earlier, like, that's the deflating thing is that shit, we just went in a circle. Mm -hmm. Like, like no lessons were learned. Nothing that was upgraded in the meantime will stick. It's just... You you had a good couple of months of trying something out, and the bad guy won, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, it's you know, oh, yeah. obviously, there's tons of things when you talk about Vince McMahon that he's done that's been great. So it's not just a black and white scenario of like, well, Vince never ever should have been controlling the company or anything. But let's, I mean, let's not mince words here. We haven't been enjoying the past, however many years of Vince in creative control. And that's been an, an ongoing thing. Everybody's been complaining about it. That's not even just this podcast or anything. Like everyone just sort of went, my God, we're sick of the right, uh, the rewrites. We're sick of the illogical booking. We hate these stupid ideas of like, you can't say the word hospital and you can't say the word belt and let's get rid of this person's first name or this person's last name. That type of illogical nonsense bullshit, we don't want to see return. There aren't positives for it. And I don't, I don't see anybody arguing across any platform that I've seen. I have not heard anybody argue creative will be better under Vince. The only thing I've ever heard pro Vince has been, well, he's the one who built the company. Doesn't he deserve to be in charge or Somebody like what, you know, Enzo said, which was like, oh, you all, all you people haven't created a billion dollar corporation. What the hell do you have to say about it? Which, all of right, course, I've said a million me. times before. I absolutely but hate like, the idea no, that people right. do like, you know, how can you criticize something if you don't do it yourself? Okay. If you burn my steak at a restaurant, I don't need to be a cook to know you burn my steak. So you don't have to. It's not like only billionaires can criticize other billionaires. Yeah. We don't know exactly what it means to do that. But if you don't like an entertainment product, you don't like it. The end. <laughs> That's the customer's right when it comes to that, you know? So you're in that shed, dude. I like I genuinely think that that just comes from people who want to feel like they're on the inside. They want to feel smarter than everyone else. No, it's like I think it's a, it's a couple things. Vince did a lot of great things. I'm not going to we're not going to sit here and lie and say that we're all not watching wwe because we're all not you know we're wrestling fans and a lot of that is wwe a mm-hmm. lot of that is vince i'm not saying that vince at one point in time wasn't a great creator but he is also 
77 years old. And even he, you know, take his words with a grain of salt, was sitting there on the CNBC interview like, why are you asking me about Mr. McMahon? That's not going to happen. Like, I have no, I don't get in the ring. Like, you know, I think people have this overinflated idea of Vince because he is like Walt Disney to some people. Maybe to himself, look at that freaking mustache. But, you know. And even when it comes to Walt Disney, it's like, if you (laughs) look at Walt Disney, Walt Disney's not the only person that made the great stuff that happens. You can't be like, hey, you're a real big fan of Aladdin. Oh, that Walt Disney, you know, no, it doesn't apply the same way. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> also, someone who is deeply problematic behind the scenes as well. Exactly. That's another thing, too. So it's allegedly, allegedly, uh, the alleged bullshit, Bible, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but like that, to put it in perspective, and I keep going back to this point because it keeps ringing truer and truer. It was December 2018 when the McMahons came out on Monday Night Raw and said, we know that things have sucked for the past couple of years and we're sorry, we're going to change. That was December 2018. The only thing I will always say in defense of that is they did give you three WrestleMania outcomes that people wanted, which is more than I can say for this year's WrestleMania. So, you know, know, there is that. It's very much like an abusive relationship across the Ah. board. And like, I mean, that sounds like it's hyperbole and everything, but no, it's not. I, if you, I just said this. If you look into the actual like psychological profiles of people that have been in abusive relationships and everything, it is exactly the same, but just translated into a different medium. Like you just said right then, like, oh well, you know, they gave you three things at WrestleMania. It's like, okay, so in December they apologized for years worth of bad stuff, and then they were sort of falling ass backwards into Kofi mania and they fell ass backwards into the Becky Lynch thing, which they weren't planning on doing whatsoever. I mean, we all know it was supposed to be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. So they happened to do two things like that in a couple months. And then they very quickly right afterward went, yeah, but you know, you had your time. So it's the same as somebody who's say like physically abusive. And then they apologize afterward and they're like, I'm not going to do it again. And then they do it again. And the only way to get around that and to save yourself from that is to separate yourself from it. So that's why, yeah, the hot hashtag fire Vince thing is better than nothing. And it absolutely should happen for people that are upset about things. And you should be as loud as you possibly can be and do not apologize for like interrupting a segment by doing that. But the only real way to get anybody to pay attention is to have massive droves of people specifically not tune in and say the reason why is because of that. Because if you also just don't tune in period, people are going to start to blame on other things because the people in charge that don't want to take accountability for themselves will play the blame game and you will see see Sammy and Kevin aren't over. Yup. It'll be that it'll be, Hey, well, you know, we did the whole storyline with the the bloodline and all, and this just proves more than ever that people didn't want to see that. The same way a lot of people are arguing. I've seen this argument. If you're mad about the Cody Rhodes thing and you don't want to watch anymore, that just proves that you were never invested in Cody Rhodes to begin with. And it's like, no, that's you're fucking apologizing because you think that that makes you stand out as better. And I mean, can I just say that I've seen way too many of those takes? Yeah, I've seen way too many people. You're not fucking special. Rationalize. (laughs) 
oh, well, you see, if you're already willing to turn your back on him, that means you never cared. It's like, that's the same as what the abusive relationship thing is. Exactly. It's the person that they talk about their abusive significant other. And when people, people go, why are you with them? They go, but you don't see how they're really like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's why you get people like us that we go on a podcast and we're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch this shit. Cause we, we've said it a million times. We said it on the, sunday post show the whole point of entertainment is to be entertained and if you're not finding joy in it you're not enjoying it that's the key word then that is why i didn't see certain movies when they come out uh in theaters or why i don't yeah i watched an episode or two of walking dead and then i didn't watch it because i was like yeah i'm not enjoying this why would i invest my time in it wrestling's the same i to kind of go back to the, the idea that they're now under the Endeavor flywheel, because this man, Ari Emanuel, said the word flywheel about 20 times in that interview. Um, I, I think that there are elements that, of course, can lift the WWE brand up. But I think in the personal, like, we don't want to see more Mike's Harder Lemonade ads in the middle no. of the Intercontinental Championship match. And I, I fear that that's what they think they're going to do. And that'll be like this great thing because it's this great thing for investors. I'm not an investor. I don't know if either of you are. I'm going to assume not. I don't, I don't really care about the investors. I care oh, about... No, whatsoever. I absolutely... I couldn't care less. And I find it concerning when you hear... It sounds ridiculous, and I'm sure some people would just be like, oh my god, you're a fucking idiot. But no, really listen to what I'm saying. I absolutely hate when a business talks about nothing but profit. Because to me, that means that you are soulless, and you don't care about your product. And that's exactly why we get you know, a company that's like this, where it's like, oh, this is going to be great for the, the shareholders and all. If you only value this as a means to turn $1 into two, then you are not going to do anything but that. And entertainment is a different thing. And every business needs to have inherent value to it. And the value should always increase and all. The way that, like, I always use my food analogies. You don't go to a restaurant just because you need to eat something for, like, fuel, you eat because you need to eat, yeah, but you also, you go to a particular restaurant because you enjoy that food. And when the food quality goes down and the price goes up, which is kind of the equivalent of what happens with this, the entertainment value goes down and the prices keep going up, then you stop going to that restaurant, you start looking for alternatives. And then those restaurants go under because then people don't go there anymore. And the same applies to something like this, where... I don't care if the fucking shareholders make more money. I want the show that I watch to be entertaining. I would rather it be both so that the company can continue to make more money and then invest more money in and of itself. And, you know, I mean, if I support something, I want it to be successful. Like I, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe, I, I want them to always make more money, but I want the movies that, are better to make more money and the movies that are worse to not make as much to reflect on that so that they understand that that's the reason why. 
Like, I have no problem with Ant-Man uh, Quantumania not breaking, like, the billion-dollar mark. It wasn't one of the better ones. And they probably knew going into it that they weren't putting in as much effort. So they get punished for it. And maybe they'll learn. That's how it works. And when we get something like Endgame, I'm like, yeah, make that the best, highest-rated movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, highest uh, grossing, I should say, not necessarily highest rated. But that is the kind of give and take. You should reward success and quality <laughs> over quantity and some different things, too. I I don't care if WWE makes more money by having a Mike's Hard Lemonade thing on there. What value does that give me? Yeah, and that's, for me, that's what I want to see. Now, I've heard some people say that things are looking, that from the whispers that they've heard, things are looking like they're going to be pretty good under Endeavor, and I hope so. They're doing I'm a, not a damn, UFC fan. Uh, damn bad job of starting it off that way. If they're like, hey, things are going to be great underneath us, and the first two shows that happen underneath it are terrible. <laughs> Well, I think that's the thing is I think that we're not even there yet. I once the company goes public and it's whatever Endeavor Combat Sports Entertainment or whatever they're going to call the new entity that will house WWE and UFC. I think that's when we'll see a complete rebranding, a complete shift and launch of whatever this new thing is going to be. But it concerns me that your first move was to blow smoke up the ass of a serial abuser and even if like even if you wanted to just be like people make mistakes whatever all right then you're just okay you're blowing smoke up a 78 year old man's ass that is maybe past his prime here and it's like it, that's concerning yeah it just is for me i don't know i i feel like we were finally gonna see a world without it and now it's just back to the well, I guess he's just going to do it until he dies. Well, Calum, I want to get your opinion on this to tie into Monday Night Raw and to go into SmackDown tonight. I don't think we need to really bother to be like, hey, you know, guys, what do you guys think is going to happen between like uh, Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar against Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest and all. But Triple H is going to, quote unquote, address the WWE universe again. I think we're getting a well. I think we're getting a repeat, but what do you think, Callum? Um, I don't know if it'll be an exact repeat, but I assume it'll just be him saying nothing for 15 minutes and then walking away. And the crowd just cheering him because, you know, oh, we know that guy and he's over. Exactly. So, I think we're yeah. going to get exactly the same thing as we got, except the only difference being it's not Roman. I think he's coming mm-hmm. out. He's going to go. I want to thank everybody for such a great week. WWE is here now, then forever together. Uh, things are not changing. I'm still here. It, like, quite literally, exactly the same shit. And then he's going to go. But some things do change or whatever. And that's how I want to bring out the new Undisputed Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and try to get a pop out of that. I just want to say that that's 100 times better than what they did on Raw. Because on Raw, they had him introduce Roman, and they go up and shake his hand and give him a hug. Like, people are pissed about this guy. Like, how much better would that have been if he, even if he just came out and said the same filler he did and said, hey, you know, 
We're not, we ain't going anywhere. Yeah, WWE, woo. And by the way, here's the guy who's going to lead us into our next chapter, Cody Rhodes. Woo, oh my God, yay. Or if and you wanted to really get the crowd to be like, okay, I'll, I'll buy into the things are going to get better, even if you stumbled and whatever, you could phrase it in the sense of, we're not going anywhere. And somebody else who lost this past weekend, but he's not going anywhere <laughs> to be like, you know, Hey, the fight's not over for Cody Rhodes, you know? Right. Like something that says, here's your baby face and not here's Roman. And I'm going to give him a hug. Yeah. Like, the, what, sending what? the message of, I mean, you know, for anybody that's wondering, we are not saying that like, you know, boo Roman or whatever. We've been loving the, the bloodline stuff, but it does send a bad message if you're like WWE is not changing. By the way, here's the guy that for years you didn't like and you're annoyed at right now because of a lack of change and is symbolic of Vince still being in control and things not progressing forward. Yeah, things aren't changing and that's the problem. It'd be like saying, okay, well, WWE is not changing anymore. And let me introduce you to Riddle. He's not Matt Riddle. <laughs> He's back to Riddle and things aren't changing. Or, I mean, obviously that's not as big of a deal, but still. I have no faith that this opening promo from Triple H is going to be anything other than a ham-fisted, half-assed apology. P- guys, please, please stop being anti what's going on right now. I, I beg you. Here's a pop for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to cut a promo. I hope it's not that. If we're going to like get into what I think it should be, I hope he announces the draft. I hope he announces something having to do with the programming. And it isn't just, Hey, Hey, you, <laughs> it's okay. You know, cause like, I don't want that. I want something. I, granted, I know it's maybe hypocritical because what I do for a living right now, but I don't always want to talk about WWE because of the creep that Vince McMahon is, or the NWA because of the creep that Tyrus is, or like I want to just talk about the fucking product. Mm-hmm. You know, like give me something to talk about. That's what I hope Triple H does. Give me something to talk about. Announce a draft. Announce something that says, "Hey." We're moving forward. Thank you for a great Mania week. We're moving forward. Here's how the draft will be held the night after Backlash or whatever. You also have to give people something. You took away a lot. Give them something more. And by giving something more, I don't mean uh, introducing Rhea Ripley and saying, but she won the title, right? You can't just remind them of the good stuff from night one. You have to give them another positive can't take away and then say, but there's the good stuff that are still there. Cause again, that's the same as like the, it could be worse type thing. Be thankful for what you got does not translate the same as be happy about what you were just given. But that's giving, that would take some sort of self understanding that they made the wrong decision (laughs) with WrestleMania. Whereas like, Clearly, oh, they, no. they thought they made the right decision. Yeah. So, so why would they? So, there's no under, there's no belief and no, no, there's no way they're going to think. Oh yeah, we'll go ahead and you know give them something. 
positive because we screwed up because they in their mind they made the completely right call so they think that okay we just need, need to bring out someone and get the show moving with another mm-hmm. you know 15 to 30 minute promo segment that uh, wastes a load of time and that does and really accomplishes nothing at the start mm-hmm. of the show yeah it's exactly what it's going to be though I mean, it's it's either owens and zane or it's rhea ripley and she just goes you know hey i'm going to introduce this person that you're all happy one and then that person cuts another promo and we're about maybe 8.30 or so at this point and somebody else will interrupt. And the reason I'm thinking that it's more so Sammy and uh, Owens is because there's that Sammy Zayn and Jey Uso match. So it's like, all right, then maybe the bloodline interrupts or something, but could very easily just be, and then Rhea Ripley gets interrupted by Shotzi or something and she squashes her and, you know, but we're going to bounce around here and there um, where, since we're on the roll, when it comes to this, let's go and talk about some Monday night raw stuff. That's how it started with triple H and all. And we had a commercial free hour that was dedicated for this promo and the Brock Lesnar thing, which we'll talk about in full a little bit later and Omas beating Elias. <laughs> which was not on the show when the original rundown came on. And that's another thing to be clear of too. A lot of the criticisms are people going like, Oh, you know, if Cody would have won and everything would have been fine. No, it's not just that. That's one of the biggest like anchor points of the whole thing. But the way that Monday night raw was, it was a shit episode of raw and it had a bunch of rewrites, exactly the problem that we had before a lot of illogical stuff that just didn't make any sense to go in that direction. And then some things that were, clearly a last minute reshuffling and all. So I don't think anybody is really going to look at Monday Night Raw and go, yeah, but you know, I mean, things are better. Look at that Omos match. <laughs> and isn't it so much better that we had Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler win that pointless showcase match. And then immediately afterward on Monday Night Raw, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez become number one contenders. Also not a plan. Right. Cause there were supposed to be, what was it? Two triple threat matches, two triple threats to determine the next number one contender for Bianca. For Bianca. Yeah, and it was uh, like Raquel was going to be involved in one of those and and so on. So clearly that's a completely different direction. And when you pivot that much, that means that you didn't have a whole lot of faith in what you were doing before or somebody stepped in and said, I don't have faith in what you're doing and we need to change. And I didn't like any of this stuff. I didn't like, you know, Bobby Lashley just squashing Mustafa Ali. Why? What do I care? You know? I did laugh. I, I... Ali's very good at getting beat up. It's very funny to watch him get beat up, unfortunately, even though I think he's a great wrestler. That was fine. It was weird because, again, it was just another, what the hell are we doing Lashley? What happened here? Mm -hmm. He went from being like one of the featured players to he sits around for a few weeks and then does nothing at Mania. What's the point also of... Like Matt Riddle takes out the Miz. The yeah, funny sure. thing. Well, sure, surely you should be going after Silas Akoa, right? You would think so. <laughs> but no, but that doesn't matter because no one, no one remembers that anyway. So, no. um, I think, <laughs> well, I think the main thing is like it was very on brand for the Vince era things that they, mm-hmm. they, they, they made a big song and dance about the, um, the first hour being commercial free. And, that first hour showed about 
was less than two minutes of in-ring wrestling. And they went right to commercial as soon as the match started. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that that was very uh, that's very that's that is very much of the era that we've tried to escape from. I mean, yeah, you have the things like that Riddle coming out to attack the Miz. So apparently, that's going to be his big feud coming back. Um, also, like news getting out there that says that Randy Orton is nowhere near close to returning. So very scary. So, so yeah, that means that uh, Riddle's just going to be on his own for a while. And Riddle is the guy that isn't without controversy at the moment himself. So see how his return goes down. I'm sure. That, I'm sure. Yeah, again, that's what one of the controversies that like people within the wrestling bubble will take an interest in. But I don't think it will spread too far into the live crowds. Whatever, they're just happy to see him back. Um, but yeah, there was I was just... happy to see. Let, let's put it like this: a lot of people were assuming that. Riddle was going to be in the main event. And I thought that Riddle doing what he did was better than him just teaming with Cody. Yeah. Then, I mean, I'd say the most baffling segment of Raw up until, obviously, when we talk about the main event, was uh, Seth Rollins coming uh, out. Yeah. Doing, doing, <laughs> so, doing, so, so this has been, I want to clarify this, it has been denounced that his segment got changed on the fly when that, that video that went around of him talking to a producer Apparently that was just him talking to someone while the commercial was on. It wasn't like him being told, oh, what you were planning of doing is just changing. So you're just going to have the audience sing to you. So it was literally written down and pre-planned that what everyone's going to do is going to just cut, cut a promo then come out and have the audience sing to him. And then we're just going to move on. That, was that can't <laughs> be true, though. He had a microphone in his hand. Like, what, why did he pick up a mic just to go? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I, I yeah I can only say what's uh, what has been reported by um, uh, by your by your uh, superiors I'd say, well, I'd say as well. So. Well, l- listen, I'm I'm not denying that that kind of stupidity would happen. I'm just saying like it, it, that was the most baffling thing because Rollins, I'd argue, is probably your number three singles competitor behind Cody and Roman right now, and you have him show up, set up nothing for the future, and that largely is my problem with Raw. Because outside of the main event, the show set up nothing. It accomplished two like, things. Actually, I'll, I'll say it accomplished three things on this show. A fourth one, maybe a fifth one. If you really, I mean, if you stretch it, you can try to say their justification, and it's not a good justification. Like you could go, I mean, Bobby Lashley squashed Mustafa Ali because he didn't get a match at WrestleMania, and doesn't that make him look stronger? No. <laughs> oh, Omos beat Elias because Omos lost at WrestleMania, and doesn't this help give him the win back? No, it doesn't really. I understand what you're going for, but it doesn't really equate the same. And yeah, Matt Riddle returned, and he beat The Miz up because it's not fun that Matt Riddle returned. I mean, yeah, better than nothing, but that's still not much. But the only things that it really accomplished here, Bad Bunny got involved even more and potentially what separated his shoulder. Is that what the story is? That's what they said on Raw. I don't think he did it. I, I'm sure he was. So. I'm okay. hoping that he's fine. But that's like, okay, you you took a next, next step forward for the Backlash feud. That's a positive. I think we'd all probably agree on that, right? Yeah. Raquel? Yeah, sure. yeah, like that yeah, they for, just. For sure, for, for like, I mean, yeah, you're you're asking me something that I don't care about and I won't be watching, but still, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, in, in theory, you know, they do something like that because we know the Bad Bunny is a bitch. I mean, he couldn't even 
punch out bad bunny right like, i guess that's on brand for his characters so it's all good so it's like they accomplished that then they set up number one contenders for the women's tag titles which of course they don't care about whatsoever so that like yeah technically you accomplished that kind of <laughs> whatever and then they did the brock lesnar thing which i'm not even opposed to the idea of cody rhodes fighting brock lesnar I just don't think that it should happen now because I think Cody Rhodes should be champion right now. But on top of that, the first hour is commercial free and they set up this Brock tag team thing. And what do we get? We don't get the tag team match because fuck you. You don't need to have the tag team match because the only thing that matters is the Brock beatdown, And that's very much Vince booking, which is who fucking cares to skip to the part that we care about. And if we don't want to skip to it, then we're just going to wait and dawdle. I should mention as far as the press conference thing goes, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but John Alba had said to Triple H, this is verbatim, but the idea of how do you debate back and forth the idea of we could have had a, a next John Cena type person with Cody Rhodes here, but instead we decided to drag it out. And Triple H got real stirred up from that. And was like, you know, drag it out makes it seem so negative. It's like, no, that's true. I'm really glad that he used that phrase to make that well known because they do that. But I don't like this Brock Lesnar thing. I think immediately when they had Brock come out, my first reaction was, oh, hey, Brock. And then I went, he's going to completely kill Cody Rhodes. <laughs> like, I didn't think whatsoever that they were going to have the match. So they spend two and a half hours going, oh man, you're going to watch that match later. Oh, it's going to be so good. Right. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen. Roman Reigns isn't going to fight on raw, especially not against Brock Lesnar. They're not going to do that match on raw. They're going to have him beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes before the match even starts. And then of course he beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes before the match even started. Uh, <laughs> the, the camera angles. He got so in front of him and I'm just like, oh no, Brock is behind you. It's like, uh, and then, of course, it happened immediately. I'll say this. I don't hate the idea of Cody versus Brock. I hate the idea of this being your backlash main event to get away with Roman not wrestling. Yeah, he takes another month and a half off. And then, at most, you end up having that Cody and Roman match at King and Queen of the Ring. Because that's kind of where I'm thinking it is right now. At their best... They'll probably have that because that's when he reaches a thousand days, right? That is day 1000. Yes. So maybe in their mind, which I don't agree with, maybe their philosophy was kind of twofold, uh, threefold. If we swerve him at mania, we're unpredictable. And isn't that going to get people talking? Cause they fucking love the idea of it doesn't matter if you're or cheering, as long as you're talking, that'll generate buzz swerve. Haha. Gotcha. Number two, I think that they think doing the Brock thing is a really good, like Cody can beat Brock to earn his spot back. If he beats Brock, if he beats Brock, which of course there's a very strong chance Brock just beats him. And the whole point of this was he wasn't the fucking guy. Shut up, move on. And then that's our distraction. And then Cody just feuds with somebody else after Brock. But I think that there is a good chance that they think, hey, we can do the Roman thing, get them to a thousand days, and we can appease the Saudi people by having the big title change there. 
and Cody can beat him on there and it can be like, well, you you lost and that way people wanted to see it more and all, which I don't agree with because I think you missed your opportunity at Mania and it's not going to mean as much. I love the idea. First of all, I'll just say I don't think you're right. But I love the idea of the American Nightmare having this crowding moment in Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. <laughs> like, right. Uh, so I'll, I'll say this. They once again leaned back into the wise man. Did you know he was here? No, no. this is when Brock Lesnar usually fucks off and leaves everybody behind. Uh, I think the way to go here is Paul Heyman called Brock Lesnar and said, listen, I think Roman's going to lose and I need you to come kill Cody. And he said, well... You brought me here. I'm going to kill him anyway. Because I'm fucking here. Because you brought me here, Paul. So there you go. I did what you wanted. Even if your guy won. And then we're going to get a triple threat in Saudi. And then uh, Roman will win that. And I still think he's losing at the Garden. But I could be wrong. Uh, I would predict that... Brock's beating Cody at WrestleMania Backlash, and then Cody gets his win back in Saudi, and Roman fights someone else. That could also happen. And they just move on, and Cody doesn't get a... Oh, he will eventually, but I think they'll save that till SummerSlam. SummerSlam's what, Detroit? That's what it is, right? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter where it is, as long as it's... Yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it matters. They're going to rectify... 30 years ago when Luger didn't beat Yoko in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're coming around, baby. Full circle. (laughs) That'd be amazing if that's what they're actually thinking. They're like, we got to make up good on that Lex Luger, Lex Express thing. And everybody's like, you fucked up WrestleMania. Then they're like, yeah, we're creating an even worse scenario than the Luger thing. But we're making fun. You know, we're getting good for that. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know who they would have built up to face Roman at... Saudi Arabia, other than Cody, but I'm sure they'll figure they'll just figure out a stock gap in the meantime. And again, it's Saudi show; it probably doesn't matter who it is. It could be, I don't know, Jake Paul or Conor McGregor or something like that. Um, yeah, for all we know, that that's the whole UFC thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I honestly don't know who on the roster could fight Roman. For a one-off, like, do you just throw Riddle in there just because you just throw Rollins? Because, honestly, and this doesn't get talked about nearly enough, Rollins is the one dude, Roman never beat him. He got DQ'd. He never beats Seth Rollins. I just don't think that that's the story. To be like, you know, let's... That's a story that you could go with for Saudi if you need it. Like, I want to know when Roman is fighting next, because this idea that, oh, well, he's not factored into backlash. Great. So we're still in the same fucking problem. When are we going to have, you know, a main guy worth watching? Because the idea is this isn't the UFC. This isn't the, you know, oh, well, they fight once every six months. But the thing is, it's not because they fucking they want. Raw. They they're enamored by the idea that Raw is the highest rated show on cable television. 
Has it dropped off significantly from years prior? Yeah, but so has everything else. So Raw still wins. Yeah, but they keep using the phrasing that they're going to use the UFC playbook. Yes, in regards to how they maximized profit from their their purchase of the UFC. Not in terms of, oh, we're going to turn WWE into UFC. You can't do that. They're different animals entirely. I want to know when we're going to have a a full-time champion. That's all I want. That is all I wanted when Roman beat Brock last year, (laughs) and then I got swerved. I want a full-time champion. That is what will help your your product grow if you can create a story worth people getting into. I mean, people talk about Attitude Era all the time. That shit was interesting because you never knew what the hell was going to happen. Was it a lot of, you know, hot potato crap with the belt? Yeah, but people were watching. People don't want to watch this. No one wants to watch this. I mean, the rating show. <laughs> so obviously those are some of the major, major topics to talk about and kind of loop in, but we do have AEW stuff we talk about. We do have, I mean, we can quickly run down NXT and all, but another thing for us to get into is this Mark Madness tournament, which is over as far as right now. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm closing the poll off and we've got our winner for the, Best wrestling family dynasty of all time. And with this uh, final poll, it ended up being a triple threat between the Anawai family, the Hart family, and the Rhodes family. And to no surprise at all, especially considering the way that things went down this weekend, the Anawai family is your winner. They were one of the two that we thought that this was going to come down to, the other one being the Hart family. And they wiped the floor with the Hearts and the Rhodes. Uh, Hart and Rhodes both only had 9.5% of the vote and the Anawai had 81% of the vote. So this was a complete blowout. <laughs> the, I didn't think it would be that much of a blowout, but I did kind of figure that the Anawai might end up winning. And that's not at all surprising for me that, uh, that we're having that fin- uh, finale for it. I did because think about this. The Hart family isn't what it was when we were, you know, growing up, like, there's not a lot of active hearts in wrestling now. You've got Italian wrestling's WWE. missing a lot of heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got an Italian WWE. You've got uh, Davy Boy in, in MLW, and that's about it, really. So I, I knew it was going to go to the group that is actively now referred to as the Bloodline. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that surprising that the Hawaii family absolutely swept it because when it really comes down to it, the, there's like there's three prominent members of the Hart. Well, I guess it's how far you want to really extend the Hart family because if you're just focusing purely on like Hearts, then that's Brett and Owen, really. I mean, no one's got to go say, oh, yeah, Keith, Keith Hart was Gray or, or Bruce or whatever. And Stu Hart was a great trainer, but he never, like, he wasn't prominent in a WWE or, like, a large promotion like that was uh, mainly confined to, like, Stampede Wrestling. Um, Yeah, you can add Natalia in there, and then if you extend the wider family to Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldog, then you've got a bit more, um, got a bit more credibility there. But then with the Anawais, you've got The Rock, who's arguably one of the greatest of all time. Well, 
let's say oh, he is one of the greatest of all time, and arguably in many people's eyes, like the most popular superstar of all time. Then Yokozuna, multiple time WWE champion. Well, uh, yeah, multiple time WWE yeah, champion. Time. Together, the fact that he shouldn't have been, but he was. Um, then, uh, yeah, Roman Reigns now in the prominent position. The Usos are probably the, one one of WWE's greatest tag teams of all time, if not the greatest tag team in many people's eyes. Um, yeah, got like Afro and Sika were tag team champions in WWE as well, and Rikishi was a multiple time. Like an Cornell champion, tag champion. So yeah, fundamentally, the Anaway is so much bigger and has far more, both modern day and past legacy to pull pull upon than the Hearts do. So, so it's it's not surprising that they are well ahead as being like the most prominent wrestling family of all time. And I had some other polls up on this just to kind of give some other insights. One of them being if it had been just a single thing instead of a triple threat, would you have voted for Atawai over Hart? Atawai still 81%. Uh, so that, of course, reiterating that. Then same for if it would have been Atawai versus Rhodes, then actually it was even higher. It was 85.7% in favor of Atawai. I also asked if it had been Hart and Rhodes, which it, shouldn't have been because obviously they were in the semifinal, but the semifinal ended up being a tie. Then that ended up being a blowout. Funny enough, 71.4% in favor of heart. So then I'm like, wait, 71.4% go in favor of heart over Rhodes. Yet they tied the previous one. So I don't know if that's something that happened because people went, Oh, well, I mean, if it would have came to the finals, I would have gone with heart over Rhodes, but I went with Rhodes anyway, the last time, or if, that's a reflection on the way that WrestleMania turned out because people could have been like, oh, well, Cody Rhodes lost, so fuck him. The hearts are better. That very much could be a thing, which that could be a little sign in and of itself of how much you can lose momentum by not capitalizing on something when the time is right. You know, you strike when the iron's hot. That's what the phrase is. You don't wait for it to cool down and then do it again. Try to reheat it. I... I I think the Hart family for me is my personal favorite wrestling dynasty. I think, you know, you're also talking about a family who in the nineties and two thousands might've had a little more sway because oh, easily we didn't have the Roman and the Usos and solo. And there wasn't like this focus on the fact that, well, Hey, the rock and Yokozuna and Rikishi and they're all related. So I think the hearts then would have probably won the day. But now it's just there's so much love for that dynasty. And look, the roads, I'm glad they made it this far. It's not that crazy of a wrestling dynasty. It's just Cody, um, Dusty, and Dustin. So I think they only made it this far because of the storyline in and of itself. Yeah, so I mean, that is the... 2023 Smart Madness Tournament. That's, uh, you know, it's done. So <laughs> I had asked if anybody had any ideas what they want 2024 to be. A lot of people, for some reason, putting down, like, nonsense answers, like just a period and the number one and uh, anything, um, you know, those kind of things. I don't know. Two people put I don't know, which is <laughs> why bother. Um, but some suggestions that actually apply more to the champs giving, like the 
best intercontinental champion of the last decade or the best title designs or the, um, I had seen another like uh, design belts, which one's better. A lot of people still suggesting, Hey, do something about best divas, best WWE women and all. We're not doing the tournament guys. I can't tell you that enough times. We're not doing that anymore. I'm sorry. But um, some other suggestions here about best finisher of the current wrestlers, the entrance thongs, um, greatest WrestleMania main eventers, greatest WrestleMania matches, that kind of thing. So I don't really know. I mean, we didn't have a plan for this one until pretty much a couple weeks beforehand. So if we're still doing this next year, then maybe I'll wait until around January to figure something out. But it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. If you've got a suggestion for something like this or you want some other kind of tournament that you want to suggest out there, always leave a comment. I'm always going to pay attention to it. And I have notes. I keep things, you know, I keep, I keep track of it well in advance. So I don't know what we're going to do in the summer. If we do anything, uh, we didn't do one last year and I kind of liked that <laughs> to be honest. I don't know if we necessarily need to do three a year. So maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe we'll do something AEW based. We haven't really done anything like focused on AEW. So if we can think of like a uh, heat based thing off of that, or maybe it doesn't even need to be heat based. I don't know. Um, stay tuned, essentially. Also, if you're doing stuff on the website and all, you want to try to take advantage of things while you can. The Road to WrestleMania contest is still going on technically right now. I think I am ending that tonight, if I remember correctly. So get your last couple of entry points in there and you might be winning one of those three Funko Pops of Dusty Roads as sponsored by Fun.com. So thank you to Fun.com for getting that all sorted out for us and good luck to everybody who's in the contest right now. I will say for all those people that think that they're getting away with the uh, the idea of saying that they purchased a t-shirt and then not actually doing it, you're not getting those entry points. <laughs> I just invalidate them so uh, that's the whole point is when i say give me your order confirmation number you need to actually buy them <laughs> to have that work that way same as the patreon uh subscriptions and all like i saw that like michael patrick was there to be like yeah i'm i'm on the patreon it's like yeah yeah i know you are like that's awesome the couple other people that are like yeah i subscribed it and then they didn't so you think you, there's one person in particular that does this every day and I've just gone through and they thought that they had like 700 or whatever. I don't know <laughs> at this point, they thought that they had all these entry points and it's like, no, you didn't get those 10 a day for every day over the past month or so. I'm completely just deleting them. So I'm glad that you wasted your time to completely try to screw that up. And uh, here's a middle finger for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because they're not following the website. I know that. that there's just probably somebody who's just, um, you know, you see those Twitter accounts where people just retweet giveaway shit all the time. Look, the whole point of this is twofold. I want to give something back to the people that follow the website. So I would I want you guys to win something. That's cool. Instead of just being like, hey, that's a thank you. I want you to be able to be like, oh, cool. I got a Dusty Rhodes Funko Pop. That's awesome. If I could just do a flat out giveaway and just give it to people, you know, give up to a bunch of the regular followers and stuff, I would. But I want to give something back. But I also want to obviously grow the website. And I don't care if you're somebody who is trying to free yourself a bunch of points and take advantage of that and not actually click on the website. No, you can fuck off. So. <laughs> 
good luck to everybody who's in there for a legit chance. And uh, we will pick a winner in the next 24 hours or so. And if you win, you'll get a little email and then you get the Funko Pop. That's kind of how it all works out. I want to remind everybody too, just uh, something that I forgot to mention before. Uh, not only should you be leaving your comments, but also hit the like button if you're enjoying this and click the share button, pass us around, click the little thanks button as well, toss a little spare change our way. If you are on the Patreon and all, you do have those entry points. Thank you for that. And you could also get access to the dark cast, pick a poison, same thing as far as the YouTube channel membership. So click on that little join button right next to subscribed, which if you are not subscribed, do that. Also ring that little notification bell for all those email alerts. And if you do want to pick up some merchandise, pick it up on Redbubble or TeePublic for a mango tees, fanboys anonymous or smart out moment. And let's start getting into some of these other topics that we got going on here. Let's talk about you go AEW or do you want to go toss NXT out of the way, then go AEW. What do you guys think? We could very quickly get rid of NXT. All right. So what ended up happening on NXT? We got the Indy Hartwell thing starting off. Zoe Stark challenged for title match later on. Indy retained and just, you know, I mean, I did go segment by segment. We got Tiffany Stratton coming out and we got the return of Cora Jade. And I had adjusted my predictions for the championship a little bit ahead of time. I had said, oh, you know, well, Indy Hartwell's the champion, so I think the next champion's either Zoe Stark, Tiffany Stratton, or Cora Jade. And then I was like, okay, on this episode, it's she beats Zoe Stark, and then she gets confronted by Tiffany Stratton and Cora Jade. And I'm like, I think I might be on something there. But, no Stradamus, are you? Yeah, I'm just saying, fine. Um, I'm glad Cora's back. Yeah. You know, that should be a boost to the brand and that division. And Tiffany is still in the running. She'll likely always be in the running unless they just decide to call her up beforehand. And I'm glad Indy didn't have a one week reign or a less than one week reign. I was really thinking that there would have been a shot. I was like, you know, if Zoe wins, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. So you're disappointed, Raquel. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, I already told you I didn't watch the show. So. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, I, I know I know bits pieces from just scrolling through Twitter, but like I can't tell you any specifics about it. Eh, who cares? It's like uh, she's a bad she's a bad wrestler as a champion, and I'm not not excited for either of the two people that are seemingly challenging for it. So, well, you didn't miss much on this week. They did set some stuff up for the future, but to be perfectly honest, a lot of it really wasn't they had all that. More than they did on Raw, I can say that oh, confidently. Yeah, it week. was a better episode than Raw for by a long shot. But, for instance, Pretty Deadly beat Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. Dijak beat Odyssey Jones. Joe Coffey came out to say, or he didn't really come out. It was a backstage interview, but he was like, you know, hey, I want to get some gold, too. Gallus Boy's on top. Uh, Dragon Lee beat Nathan Fraser, and Nathan Fraser's more in the Tyler Bate, like, I'm in a zen mode sort of idea. Yeah, but- what was that? He's like... I've had an enlightening moment. Yeah, I just well, think it's well, dumb. <laughs> well, but this is probably the most fun segment on the show. Because before the match, Noam Dar just shows up with the NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship, which, by the way, Tony and I were both just <laughs> instantly like, yeah, told you that was still on the website. <laughs> yeah, I forget um, exactly what I tweeted at, but I tweeted something along the lines of like, I'm the only fucking website that kept saying that they didn't take this off. And then you said vindication. Give me your pudding. <laughs> oh, yeah, I quoted scrubs. That's right. No, give me your pudding. 
Uh, good. No one bears back. They called it the NXT Heritage Cup. So I'm guessing it'll just still be around, which is cool. Like, it's a different trophy to have. It's a different match style to do. And I'm glad they're going to use Noam Dar because, you know, he, he's good. He's been around for quite a while. And I'm glad he's still got something to do. But then they had a good match, fun match. Uh, Dragon Lee wins. But not Dragon Lee. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Lee. Uh, he beat Dragon, uh, Dra- Dragon Lee wins. Yeah. And then they did the whole, you know, Nathan Frazier is sitting backstage with, with McKenzie, where he's like, oh my God. I'm enlightened, and I guess that means he's turning heel soon. I, that's just the vibe I got from that. But this was good. Dragon Lee's officially in the fold. He feels like he would have fit in black and gold, and I'm just... I, I like him. I, I feel like that's that's a good sign for the future for NXT. I'm so curious why they spent so many months not even bothering to mention the Heritage Cup with this whole worlds collide thing, they didn't even say like, and that's being put on hiatus and we're going to come back to that later or nothing at all. And then they just go, Hey, no, I'm Dar's back. And he's like, I've, I've got that championship that nobody's fought for. Like they're probably not going to address it in any way, but they really should at least do something, say something like the heritage cup was meant to be, uh, what's the phrase? It's not like, um, Symbolic? Uh, like, uh, deactivated. That's what I was going to say. Uh, like, we, we basically deactivated it, but no, I'm darted and get the memo, essentially. Like, they should say something. And, hey, you know what? Now that we're thinking about it, maybe we'll reinstate it as the Heritage Cup for just NXT. Like, you know, give a rational explanation to it. But they probably won't. But I could see Dragon Lee winning this just because they don't want him to win the North American Championship yet, so they wanted to give him something else. Uh, yeah, and I think, like I said, good match. And if nothing else, these two guys are guys that I would like to see more of on TV rather than, than most of this NXT roster. It's also not the only trophy that we got in this episode. Well, technically, we didn't get this one other trophy, but we're going to get it next week because Duke Hudson's going to get an MVP trophy for winning at Stand and Deliver for Chase University. So we're going to do a ceremony to celebrate that. And Keanu James uh, and that whole Brooks Jensen thing. That oh, this was so sucky. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was dating around. We weren't exclusive. That's <laughs> all they did with it. It was just like, yeah, yeah we weren't exclusive. Okay, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, dumb. Whatever. <laughs> Not that this has been a great storyline, but yeah, dumb. Ivy Nile beat Tatum and Paxley just to end that. That's the end of that feud. You know, Tatum Paxley's like, I, I want to be a part of Diamond Mine. And then she begins, uh, she wins over Ivy Nile. She's a tag team member. And then she goes, yeah, fuck Diamond Mine. I'm going to go off on my own. And it's so much better. And immediately loses to Ivy Nile. Okay. Yeah. That's, we're not losing anything here. Seems like Von Wagner is going to lose Mr. Stone, though. Because it's Wagner against Dragunov next week, and if the winner of the match is Iliad, <laughs> then <laughs> Mr. Stone is done with Von Wagner. I hope Mr. Stone is able to stick around. I think he's far too passionate for the role he's been given, but I, th- I hope he sticks around. 
think we're getting a release? I, I don't want to go that far. Hmm. Wesley also retained over Axiom, and this was my favorite part of the night. Uh, Scripps <laughs> is getting ready to attack him. It's just kind of like, oh, fuck you, Axiom, or whatever the fuck you said. I don't know. And Axiom just turns around and kicks him instead. <laughs> I actually wrote down on the uh, the coverage post on SmartCat Moment, I wrote down NXT North American Championship match. Wesley champion retained over Axiom by pinfall. Axiom was about to be attacked by Scripps after the match, but Axiom saw it coming and kicked him instead. Scripps is a dork. I... <laughs> So first of all, great match, really fun, high-paced match, high high energy, fast-paced match. Um, God, Scripps is cutting his promo, and he jumps from the sky, and bam, super kick, because Axiom saw him coming. Scripps is such a bitch, (laughs) like, my God, what a lame character. And this guy was like... He was a lame character before, but at least he was doing something. What a lame character. And Axiom said he's going to expose him, so I guess they'll have some kind of mask versus mask gimmick, or maybe I'm thinking too far ahead. Maybe they won't do anything with it at all. But, you know, that happened. Um, We had the absolute... uh twist i guess you could say even though we all kind of saw it coming in some ways of a main event of carmelo hayes and trick williams celebrating their championship win or carmelo's championship win trick doesn't get anything and they invited braun breaker to come out and braun was thanked by carmelo yeah pure baby face like thanks for holding up the championship and awarding it to me thanks for having a good sport about it all breaker talked about that's the champion's responsibility and Tommaso Ciampa and other people have done that for him. So he's got to do it the same. And then he promptly turned heel and took out Hayes and Williams. Well, no, he didn't turn heel. He went to walk away and they invited him back. So like, first of all, this segment was really, really lame. It mm-hmm. continued on from the lame build to their match. Carmelo Hayes actually said the words, Hey, I know I wasn't the typical Carmelo character. I'm like, Okay, whatever. Cool, Breaker's heel. Bring on Battleground. Let's get it over with. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like you missed a really uh, great episode, Cal? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised with the Bron Breaker heel turn. I told you guys. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that I, I thought that he was going to be staying in NXT because that's the one thing that he hasn't done yet is have a heel run. So, although, like... Again, it's just the way that they sometimes go about these things where he is completely justified in attacking both yep. of them because he got screwed yep. out of his championships. Yep. But, uh, but no, he's the bad guy. Yep. Because, <laughs> again, they did not acknowledge at all, hey, I cheated. And they went out of their way in the video package to be like, yeah, and Breaker hit the Mellow Don't... Uh, and Breaker got hit with Mellow Don't Miss and whatever. Like... Show that he cheated. He cheated. Okay. Like, he, he was the heel. Mm-hmm. He's a heel. I don't know. So let's talk about AEW stuff. Let's Ooh. talk about how they started off with something that the Monday Night Raw episode 
you know, the Night Raw after WrestleMania used to be a show where we would see big returns and some call-ups from NXT and some surprises. And, you know, in the past, we got things like Brock Lesnar coming out to attack John Cena after he had been gone for so long. We've gotten people that it's like, you know, suddenly here is like, um, like a Becky Lynch or something coming up on Raw or whatever. AEW is like, hey, how about we do a Raw after WrestleMania for Dynamite, even though we didn't do a pay-per-view this week. They start off with Jay White. And he has uh, he has joined All Elite Wrestling, which I'm not too shocked about. And a lot of people were thinking that he was going to go to WWE. I was just like, I, I can't see it happening over AEW. But he's there. He and Juice Robinson beat down Ricky Starks. A lot of momentum going on there. This was phenomenal uh, because they they started the match like any other normal match. And as Ricky's making his entrance, they just hit Jay's music and Jay just comes running down and beats him up. And it was just immediately like, wow, here we go. OK, this show is going to be awesome. And as you said, they basically did the Raw After Mania better than the Raw After Mania. And this is great. I want to see Jay White as AEW champion within a year. Uh, I can. I don't think that's going to happen. Basically, because there's there's so many other people that could be AEW World Champion in that time as well. But it is a great signing. It's uh, I, I thought it was going to be more. He was going to go to WWE just because I felt that his style is more attuned to that. But I think having him in AEW, a place that is going to acknowledge the Bullet Club side of things, the fact that he could wrestle New Japan guys, even though he's uh, barred from ever wrestling in New Japan at least for the time being until our time that he may eventually go back. But really young guy, I think he's like mid twenties at the moment. So he's still got a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot in front of him. He has a connection with Juice Robinson through the bullet club and you can, they've had the story that they've told with um, Adam Cole as well, prior to um, for the first forbidden door where he walked in as IWGP world champion. And, so he still thinks that they're friends, but Cole is clearly a babyface. He's clearly a heel. So I think that we're building towards those two. Maybe around about all out, maybe even extend it out to full gear, something like that. But I can imagine those two uh, buying heads sooner rather than later. Um, I think, it, but before that, he'll have a match with someone at New Japan. I imagine he might have a match with like a champion in New Japan and just to try and like stick it to them in terms of uh like wherever he fights in Forbidden Door 2, just to say like, hey, I'm going to win one of your titles and then I can never wrestle in New Japan. So I'm just going to st- basically take it from you. I don't know who he would end up facing. He could be but, Kenny. I'd be into that. Yeah, Kenny's not even really a New Japan guy, though. I think he but then the belt have... is just held hostage. True. But I do think that he should wrestle Kenny at some point. That's a big story based on his uh, how he entered the Bullet Club, which was, well... If, I guess he was still kind. He was still chaos at that point where he beat Kenny Omega for the uh, the US Championships. There is kind of a like a synergy there. Kenny's current New Japan uh, US Champion. Jay beat him for the title when he was during his uh, inaugural reign as the champion. So it would make sense to change it. Funny enough, Juice Robinson was the guy that beat Jay White for the title. So that's uh, an, a, f- a funny little connection with the fact that they're now essentially a tag team or at least allied. It's a good feud for Ricky Starks to have as well. It's one that I'm fortunately I think he has to lose, but you know he, he's had a good run recently with like the the um, getting the victory over Jericho. 
I think he'll beat Juice Robinson eventually, but Jay White is just a, a step above right now, or at least like he's a hot act coming out of it. So someone that you probably would want to catapult towards the main event scene pretty soon. Um, but yeah, but it's difficult because obviously he can't fight for the world championship just yet because MJF is champion. I don't think AEW is like adverse to doing heel versus heel, but it just seems it would seem like a bit of an odd mismatch at the moment considering how great a heel jay white can be to try and put him against mjf unless they have a, a show another show in long island coming up so we'll talk about that on this one um but yeah overall great signing great guy to have on your roster and yeah we'll see how it goes as i say i think uh the, the one feud in my, at the moment that's really sticking out to me is he'll do something with cole eventually i could see him potentially winning the international championship That'd be good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's definitely a guy that could be uh, Cassidy. As great a reign as Cassidy's had, so I think, uh, yeah, there's it's it's now starting to start thinking about someone to eventually take that off of him, and Jay White's a a, a good fit for that. Yeah, I uh, I kind of think Cassidy's going to lose his title at a show that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I wouldn't mind seeing Jay White be the one to beat him. So after that, we had Keith Lee and Chris Jericho in a backstage segment. Not too much going on there, but no. I well, like them both. Yeah. So. I've, oh, it's good that we're going to see a Keith Lee singles match with Chris Jericho. Again, he's going to lose that match, but that's because Jericho is being built towards a, a match of double or nothing with Cole, it seems very likely, as it seems very clear at the moment. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jericho will lose that, so he's got Peter Peter people along the way, and Keith Lee isn't really doing much at the moment outside of the on-again, off-again feud with Swerve, so... But yeah, it'll still be, I'm sure it'll still be a fun match. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. House of Black be best friends. I This was one of the matches that I actually didn't pay that much attention to. I was working on a lot of other things, so I can't talk about the quality of the match. But I just assumed that, hey, look, they're doing this match already. I guess the championship's not changing hands. <laughs> yeah, no, I was it- hoping that it would, though. Like, I, I really want Taylor and Beretta to win something. You know, they deserve it. Um, it was a lot of fun, the match. I thought that um there was the, my favorite part of it was the um Trent hitting uh pile drivers on everyone and then getting to Brody King and obviously not being able to get him up, so he gets hit with a Superman punch and gets taken out by Chuck Taylor as well, and then he gets up for the pile driver, so that was some yeah, some nice build up there, but I think it was pretty yeah, pretty obvious that House Black were gonna retain and they they gave buddy matthews the win which is good because it a lot of the focus is typically on king recently and obviously malachi is kind of the de facto leader of the group so it's good to give matthews a couple of victories here and there rather than just be presented as the the job guy of the trio what was the yeah, match. match after that there was a uh, hater right it was yeah hate, hater versus Riho. oh yeah which, yeah uh, I, I skipped that one too Riho came uh, out sans pipe um, yeah, yeah, they didn't carry a pipe with her. Um, I, I love, I love, uh, do you guys? Uh, and I have to ask Rob this because, like, Tampa probably doesn't know about it. But like, do you? I, I really enjoy these memes where they have Riho coming out to like attack Roman Reigns in like videos, packages, yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> Riho with pipe. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah, because they make a lot of people cling on to it. Again, you could say it's like petty, and I wouldn't disagree with it. But a lot of people bring up the fact that um, I think there was this one segment where uh, SmackDown and AEW went head to head, or something. I don't I can't remember what it was particularly, but I know there's something on the lines of 
SmackDown did a show probably on um uh what's the what's not the Fox thing, it's FX or whatever it FS one? Yeah, FS one, that's it. And so obviously it got a lower number because of it. And then they talked about Roman segment. Roman had a segment on the show and then Riho had a segment on Dynamite and Riho's segment was got higher ratings and stuff along those lines. And so people often point towards, I think people, I think it was something that happened like ages and ages ago. People, you know, because they like their memes, they bring up the fact that Riho's like, oh, people always wondering who can uh, beat Roman, who's who's got enough uh, drawing power to... To beat Roman, and then it's just always Riho they they turn to. Uh, I enjoy that. I just think it's funny. Again, it's 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 nothing serious, but but this match, again, it just adds to the adds to the growing number of great matches. I think basically ever since Tony Storm became uh, interim champion, and you've moved away from Thunder Rosa, and now on to Jamie Hayter, the AEW Women's title has never been more credible. I think that they're just having, they're just building it up through great matches over and over and over again. I can't remember the last time I saw a, a bad women's title match on AEW. So, so yeah, keep it up. This was this was another one to add to it. And Hater gets to play a bit more of the traditional heel character because of how big she is over Riho. Riho gets to play her usual plucky baby face, trying to go with a litany of like uh, acrobatic covers. And then she gets decked with the clothesline and gets pinned. But yeah, I think that both these two will be on the same side soon, though, when it comes to taking on the outcasts. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not crazy about this outcast storyline. I feel like I've said that enough already. But I am I'm very much enjoying Hater's title run. And when it's over, I hope it goes to someone who can work just as hard. Yeah, I'm not thinking the outcast thing. That's why I was even if I wouldn't have been busy at this time frame, I would have skipped the Hater and Reho match and I didn't care. <laughs> I I like Jamie Hater to an extent, but I also find her title reign is just inconsequential to me because it's all revolving around the same people and I've been tired of that for months. So without doing something to freshen it up, it's just kind of like watching a rerun and I I got bored with it a long time ago. Um we had the claimed. Nothing really for me to talk about there, unfortunately. Oh, they're gonna have a match on Rampage. Uh, so yeah, they're still uh, they're still they're still doing the prime recruitment drive, even though Max Castle came out and gave a rap about how JS like suck. And so but Matt Menard and uh uh Cool and Ange are still trying to desperately recruit them into the JS, so they're gonna have an eight man tag seemingly on Rampage. And I'm good with the JAS doing a bunch of different things. Like they should be spread mm-hmm. out. Yeah. They're a bunch of guys. So, you know, I'm good with this. I'll tell you one thing I'm good with. That MJF promo. <laughs> I, I he comes out, he's singing and dancing. I don't remember the name of the song. It wasn't something that I remember. Yeah. Uh that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um and he ends up cutting this promo where he's talking about things like uh, that he in school, he had ADD and the crowd starts chanting for ADD. And it's um, Mrs. Uh, it started with a B. What was the name of her? The, the teacher's Mrs. Mrs. Um, Benedict. Mrs. Benedict. And like, 
Hey, you know, Mrs. Benedict was like wondering where I my mind would go, and it was always to wrestling, whatever, and like fucking Mrs. Benedict and all. I'm like, yeah, this is better than anything that was on Raw. (laughs) And by that I mean, don't be a stupid bitch. Yeah, Yeah. like this is so better than anything that was on Raw. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And then he he obviously cuts the promo about um, like obviously keeps pulling out the uh, the other pillars. So it's still continuing the build towards that fatal four way match that's going to be coming soon. Uh, immediately, like mainly focuses on Jungle Boy about how has a girlfriend with a wandering eye and a tiny penis. So, <laughs> like, so they're really focusing in on the Jungle Boy side of things. Um, then yeah, keeps uh, I, I, they had that politician or mayor guy in the ring, and everyone hated him. And so MJF was just trying to get him to speed along. And then when he goes through the microphone, he's just like, "Okay, he's gone now. You can start cheering again." And then. <laughs> I, uh, one of my favorite parts of it was him just going up to Mike says, I think this is about the time that people would start trying to, you deserve it, Charles. Clark, 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 Clark. And then yeah. they would just start doing it. It's just, like people with, like people, if they were tuning into this for the very first time, not that I'm thinking there's going to be like a ton of people that are tuning in for the first time, but if they were, like this is their first ever show, they'd walk away thinking, wow, this guy's the biggest baby face in wrestling history. Yeah, he's coming out, he's doing a little sing and dance routine, he's getting the crowd behind him, he's getting key to the city, he's talking about how much he overcame ADD and his teacher was mean. I'm like, I fucking love MJF, he's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes up to do a um, encore and uh, basically someone uh, then crashes the cymbals and he shouts and says like, hey, we've rehearsed this for months, you're off, you're off beat. <laughs> and then he just like, he's about to go into the encore. Obviously the guy with the cymbals, this jungle boy, he uh, starts beating up MJF, getting booed viciously uh, by the crowd. Every time <laughs> MJF got the advantage, the crowd started cheering and they get separated by uh, Pat Buck and BJ Whitmer and the rest of the production crew and security. And then Sammy Guevara comes out to his match with Commander, and he sees that the title's been left on the ground next to him, so he picks it up and he uh, cheers. Oh, he, he gets to just pose with the crowd for a little bit. The crowd still hate that as well. And then you move on to the the match, and yeah, I guess, I guess just move into that. But yeah, this whole segment was great, and then it moves into the Commander match, which is a lot of fun as well because Commander is as acrobatic as anybody right well, now. They were just not named flipping. Kingo. Yeah, flipping they, all over the place. <laughs> they were just flipping. They did a uh, walk the ropes, and Sammy counters that with a springboard cutter. And I just... Sammy is very much not liked, genuinely. But he's so good between the ropes that I think he'll always be able to, for as long as he's an active wrestler overcome whatever people don't like him for but think, this, this is great yeah i think also and i don't know we don't, we're not going to go into like big like reviews of all of this going forward but um on the all access show that's that could be based on what i just saw from the um most recent episode that could do, go a long way to um recovering sammy's reputation because i didn't watch could, episode two is it worth it um i would say it was like it's absolutely must see television, but I did enjoy the fact that they did build up a lot of this around about Sammy Guevara and they had a segment of him, uh, apologize him and Eddie Kingston, like burying the hatchet with each other and just like apologizing for what happened and says, okay, I'm not going to, obviously we're not going to be best friends or anything like that, but we'll just stay at each other's way. And if we only ever cross paths, we're ever in the ring together again. And that's kind of, but we're cool as far as I'm concerned. And so again, I know that's kind of like showed up for the camera, but I, I go imagine that's kind of like probably similar to the conversation they had in real life as well. 
and yeah and sammy was talking quite a lot about like how passionate he is about this whole thing and like his journey to being part of uh, aew and like how like i think he tells stories about how he was like working in a subway and then he just pulled out from like to be a professional wrestler and he gets pulled out in aew as one of the like one of their early first name signings and he's still having to feel like he's still like proving himself all the time so as i say it's not like absolutely must must watch television but i think it's as far as these kind of reality shows go it does have a, a degree of entertainment value for me yeah for me all access it's not my cup of tea but i'll watch it every week and see if you know anyone actually gets over more because of it i might have to go back and check it out I thought that I was going to be watching it, and I forgot that it was on. And you know, next thing I know, it's the next day already. But uh, Sammy Guevara, thumbs up in my book. Uh, do you guys think that we're getting a fatal four way? Or well, they don't yes. call it a fatal four way, um, but a four way yes. between Guevara, MJF, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allen? Or do you think that they're going to try to do like because Jungle Boy has been predominantly think- more of the focal point? Yeah. What I think they're going to do is I think they're going to do a four-way on an episode of Dynamite, like a big episode of Dynamite, and then Jungle Boy is going to have a single match with MJF at uh, Double or Nothing. So I was like, actually thinking that they might do something like Guevara versus Jungle Boy versus Darby to determine who gets the number one contender spot at Double or Nothing. I, but but think, that MJF would end up having those. like a thing with Darby one week and a thing with Sammy one week. And they've been mostly focusing on Jungle Boy. I think you have to do the four pillars match because I think that's the whole thing this is revolving around is that story. So, and they're basically, I mean, the one that's actually the least present right now is Darby, but they are having Sammy pick up wins and Sammy saying that he wants to be world champion. Obviously, Jungle Boy and MJF's feud has been a bit more personal and intense, but that's why I think they are going to move towards a singles match between two of them following the Fatal 4-Way. You just have a Fatal 4-Way match with, um, just to get that image of the four pillars because that's all you kind of need is like the way they started this whole feud in the uh mjf celebration where he's uh like they're all standing in different corners of the ring you just ha- need that shot and then you just need to have the match and mjf can pin either sammy or darby and retain the championship there but then you move forward to get ju- give jungle boy that one-on-one opportunity at double or nothing i think that's kind yeah. of like a full circle thing based on their singles match from way back in 2019 yeah i think they do the four way at double or nothing and then they do the singles at like a road rager or something i think i think we're way too it's it's way too like long to wait to do the four way at double or nothing like but we still got two months before we get to that pretty really? much so Damn. well yeah it's, it's may 20 27th isn't it so yeah yeah but i mean I they do have... that's right it's the 28th because it's uh battleground day mm. they do have multiple people so it could be this is the jungle boy portion of it and then mjf starts having some stuff with darby and jungle boy has a match with tagging up with uh darby against sammy or you know like, i don't know like they could they can fuck around with it i think that they can get another month and a half out of this if they really wanted to but then again That's at like that the- point then you kind of you burn through all them and then that could have been four separate feuds over the course of like four months you know so i mean i I mean i think it's fine that you're doing this because realistically as great as these guys are and they are great 
I, I think that there are bigger fish to fry for MJF's feud in terms of his, the re- remainder of his title reign. I mean, you're not going, you're not going to have like building up towards M, uh, Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing, then Sammy Guevara, and that's all out or all in, or have one referred to it, and then Darby Allen at Full Gear. There are there are bigger names in the promotion that they're going to have. So I think the whole story about the four pillars and so building that up between them, I think that's the that they're going about it the right way. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I agree with that. I I want to see the four way at Double or Nothing. I don't want to see just a singles match. Okay, single yeah, match I mean, would I'm, be great. Not going to say that, but I do well, think that the the pillars match is the thing that's most intriguing to okay. me. I, I can I can understand that. I think I, well again we'll talk about when like how it's been built further down the line. But I have a sneaky suspicion that the reason why they might do the four way first and then do a singles match at Double or Nothing is that I don't think that the title match is main event in Double or Nothing. Oh, definitely not. What are you no guys matter thinking? What matches, if it's Anarchy in the Arena, BTC in the Elite, or some, or like Anarchy in the yeah, or Anarchy in the Arena, or something like that. But it's going to be BTC versus the Elite. You think Jackson's ready to go for that? Um, well, he's he's not going to take. He's not having surgery. He's he's foregoing surgery. So, so, so I think that you give him a couple of months off, and if you do some kind of weapons match, like Anarchy in the Arena or. Uh, or, you can uh, have the focus have, anywhere else, and you can lay him out early. Yeah, you can know? have a very yeah, you can have a very basic, like just, like just yeah, just throwing it around that kind of walking brawl, which doesn't put as much uh, pressure on you to, mm. like, puts his arm at any sort of like major risk of injury. Well, following I didn't that, have them. Okay. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you're about to jump into, so I'll save it. I was going to say, uh, Hook retained over Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, uh, helping him get the win there. Just continuing one of those lower mid-card type feuds. They're going to fight again on Rampage under Falls Can Anywhere FTW rules, and uh, Hook actually wants Ethan to tap this time. A referee stoppage. Hmm. Then we got a big announcement. Oh no! Actually, we should go back. I was gonna say we we didn't uh, (laughs) we didn't talk about Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness is part of all uh, all wrestling now, so that's great. Yep, he will be obviously uh, a factor in like ROH and stuff moving forward as well. Yep. So yeah, he did commentary on the latest episode of. Obviously, he did the commentary at uh, at, um, Supercard Supercard of Honor, but he's also did it on the latest episode of Ring of Honor as well. So that's a permanent position for him being a a third member of that commentary team. Yeah, so the other announcement, though, is that AEW is going to be bringing back All In, which is like, huh? Like that kind of thing, you know? I mean, that's kind of interesting enough on its own, but it's also going to be at Wembley Stadium. Yes. Callum's going to get some tickets. (laughs) Yes. So I've already signed up. Apparently, I'm one of uh, 25,000 people that have already signed up for the pre-sale uh when that goes live in the i believe it's tuesday the 8th of may something like that but uh yeah i'll be uh i'll be uh one of the first in line to try and get some some good seats uh or good seat no one else that i know is gonna want to go to the show uh, i was gonna <laughs> say yeah are you, are you going with people uh if they did a convention or something would you like to go to conventions is that your kind of deal 
Uh, if it's like if if they tried to like build an entire weekend around this with some other wrestling events, like if like I don't know Progress or WXW wants to put together a show as well, like similar to how WrestleMania weekend does that, then yeah, I'd probably check out some other shows as well. But fundamentally, I'm only really, I'm mainly only there to see uh, All In. But yeah, as I say, I need to wait and see. I've got tickets, but then again, there's probably going to be about sixty seventy thousand going, so I think I'll be pretty safe in finding one. It's just it's just being uh, early enough to get a really good seat. But, but yeah, this is huge news. Wait, for, for the people that aren't aware, because obviously it's very UK centric thing. So Wembley Stadium is is the biggest stadium in the UK. It's London, like it's 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 primarily known as like our national football stadium. But they also host uh, NFL games there when they come over to the UK every now and again. Um, it's a uh, it's got it's a uh, so for like actual football games or it's an actual attendance is uh 90,000 of course it probably won't be that for this because you obviously have to take up space for um staging and again I have no idea how it's going to work because we haven't had a big wrestling show at Wembley Stadium since SummerSlam 92 and a lot of things have changed since then this isn't even the same Wembley Stadium this right (laughs) yeah so I think that It'll be interesting to see how the staging looks like, but this is by far and away the biggest venue that AEW has ever attempted to host a show in. Um, and yeah, it's just huge news. Like, because we, we thought, I, I knew that a, a UK show would be coming eventually because they have a big audience in the UK. Um, their their TV audience is bigger in the UK for AEW than it is WWE. And that is primarily due to the fact that WWE is behind a paywall in BT Sport, which a very significantly smaller proportion of people have in the UK compared to their previous home on Sky. And but AEW is on a uh, terrestrial television, which is like essentially it's the equivalent that uh, Raw is on USA on cable and uh, SmackDown is on Fox, which basically anyone can have if they've got a TV. So that's pretty much why AEW has a, a bigger viewing audience. I can imagine that there's going to be a significant amount of people coming in because it's not obviously it's not just the UK. There'll be a lot of people from France or Germany or Spain or other places where that will watch it and come in for this one-off show because the likelihood is they're not going to tour to those other places in the very near future. But yeah, just really big, really exciting news and I can't wait to see what they put on. Again, the idea of it being an all-in thing, as I think we were just, we we discussed in like off air earlier, was more about this idea of being like not so much a house show, but something that you probably will bring in people from New Japan, people that will appear from like Ring of Honor, and more of a conglomerate thing rather than a strictly AEW thing. Especially considering the fact that All Out is apparently still happening the very next week. So it'll be hard to try and balance out both shows and make them absolutely must see. But it de- it will all depend. A- well, a lot of the, I think. Well, yeah. As I say, I think that it will sell out. A lot of tickets will sell very quickly. Like they'll just be like first day. I can imagine twenty to twenty twenty five thousand seats will just go like that in a few hours. But after that point, it'll be about what card they can put together for it. And if they can do some really cool shit and put it on there, then that'll just hopefully inflate the numbers to a high enough level where it's like, okay, we're looking at like a 40, 50,000 people attending. 
which I think is probably as high as I'm expecting it to go. But who knows? They always tend to surprise you with, oh, they can, they can, uh, they can't sell out 10,000 for, uh, the first all in and they managed to do that. Oh, they can't sell out off Rash Stadium or they managed to do that. So, so we'll see. I'm thinking 60,000. I'd hope, I'd, I mean, obviously I'm hoping for as much as possible, but because it would just be a, a huge, it would just be an amazing atmosphere if that's the case. But if if nothing else, I'm just uh, excited to see that that's where they're putting the stadium. They're putting it on this giant stadium rather than, you know, like a Craven Cottage or a Wembley Arena, which is where I'd anticipated they were going to do it instead. Do you think that a UK guy or a European guy needs to be in the main event of this show? Um, if they're going to win, yeah. But uh, if that's not if that's not the intention, like you're not going to have the got uh, like a UK guy. There's no UK guy on the AW roster that's going to go over MJF to win the title. So if you're not doing some cool big title match there, then no. If you're having if you're having Jamie Hater, I don't think she'd main event the show. I think um, Jamie Hater will face Soraya though. Uh, I know that match quality wise, not. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd actually be surprised if that was the case. But again, like there's a lot of time we don't know if Jamie Hayter would be Women's World Champion by that point. So there's a there's a lot between now and the end of August that could happen. So we'll wait, wait and see. I mean, the whole story that people are uh, rumours are going around about Drew Galloway or Drew McIntyre and it's like that's completely false. His contract won't be up by that point. So so he's not going to be appearing on the show. Um, I know people have been talking about like, oh, could you get Nigel McGuinness on one final match against Brian Danielson or something? I would love it. Oh yeah, I would love it. But obviously, that's just a lot of speculation. We have no idea that he could even do that. So, so yeah. And the other UK guys on the show are like they're Park and Kip Sabian, and you know, it's like guys that are good, but they're not like they don't scream like top main event guys. Puck maybe, but like he wouldn't be winning the world championship at all in. So, so yeah, I, 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 I it depends fully on what they decide that they're going to main event it with. Because you would, you'd, you'd want to have MJF on the show, but maybe he's just wrestling like a, uh, I don't know, a tag match building up towards what his actual matches are all out. Who knows? But I think as long as he's on the show, I don't think they really mind if he's going to be defending the world championship or not. I think that that's one of those scenarios that we get into sometimes where it's the whole, like, do you beat somebody in their hometown? Vince seems to be very much like, you fucking always do it, you know, that kind of thing. I think that there's a case to be made for both ways, but I would probably, if I were in Tony Khan's shoes, I'm I'm approaching this the same way that you guys are. I'm thinking that this is going to be kind of just like a, you get different people and throw them on the card and there might not necessarily be a whole lot of story involved it might just be kind of like a forbidden door type thing where you are going there because you want to see AEW and you want to see in-ring matches so we're going to give you a bunch of them and it's going to be people that you like so you're going to enjoy it i think that the story stuff on AEW for the most part is going to be for all out following that especially because it's like you're splitting the card you know i don't think you're going to have 23 stories going on at the same time to have because you know realistically they have 10 plus matches on each one of these cards that could even be a good thing though i mean maybe this could be kind of like what the split of wrestlemania should be 
maybe we end up getting some of the good stuff happening here, some of the good stuff happening there, some of the non-built-up stuff on one, some of it not on the other. And then maybe that way we don't have to have as long of pay-per-views and it doesn't kind of weigh it down as much. But I would see a scenario of MJF retaining over somebody who is from the UK in some fashion to get some booze, you know, to, you know, reiterate some of the MJF stuff here, maybe not necessarily in the main event, but if you want to set up like MJF versus pack, for instance, they'd have a good match. Oh yeah. And I I think people would get behind pack and they'd boo MJF more than they would if MJF was up against like, I don't know. Uh, Keith Lee, you know what I mean? Like just for the sake of it. Cause it would be like, you know, wow, well, let's get behind the UK guy and kind of do that. Cause people do that no matter where they are from, you know, you announce that somebody's from like this person's from Wichita as well. And you're in Wichita. Then suddenly it's like, well, fuck yeah. I like that. Guy. <laughs> so I, I would book that if I were in their shoes and then I'd have a different story with MJF for all out. And the same for all the other people, you know, I mean, if you want to try to get people on both cards, you're going to try to have to balance that out. But I would think maybe this could be a good shot for that international championship to main event for the sake of it. Maybe go for Jay White winning there, or maybe you go for depending on who the TNT champion is at the time, maybe something like that. But I don't think that Hobbs would necessarily main event this. Or you could just, yeah, it doesn't have to be a title. Just be a featured act. I don't know. I think, I think, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. could beat Orange Cassidy for the international title here. But that's what I thought of before you guys brought up the great idea of Jay White could also beat Orange Cassidy. I think, uh, ZSJ would make a great international champion. I see Osprey Omega 2 happening here. I, I see a lot of great things. And I also wonder if this has anything to do with why the Grizzled Young Veterans were like, fuck you, I want to go wrestle in Wembley. You know? They're a great tag team. I hope that they leave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the Grizzled Young Veterans. I like what they can do in the ring and all. But the Dyad, they don't fucking need that you know i mean like you could very easily replace them in schism and it's not going to make a difference and then they can go to a company like this and do a much better job yeah yeah i would be down for i would i wouldn't be against them uh, seeing them against ftr for the tag titles on the show but it's it's the thing is like the announcements now and obviously they're super excited and there's a lot of speculation about what matches happen we haven't like the viewer like we're still like that's like nearly two months away from a uh, double or nothing but like that's there's there's still that there's Forbidden Door two, and then there's a build towards this and then um, all out. So a lot of things could change at that point in time. They can't just like the rosters aren't going to stay still in the way they are now up until that point. I think there's yeah there's a lot that can and will change between now and then. So we need to. We won't know for certain what sort of things going to be we're going to see on Wembley at that best Wembley show until then because a lot of people bring it up like Osprey versus Omega or Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Those matches could all happen on Forbidden Door as well because they have they fulfill the same parameters as Forbidden Door. So yeah, there's a lot that will happen. I know I'm almost certain Osprey will be on this show as well as Zack Sabre Jr. because why wouldn't you? 
why wouldn't you put them on that show? Um, but I think that yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot up in the air. I mean, this uh, August, so August twenty seventh. So I think it's, I don't know whether G one will still be going on at that point or whether G one would have finished. But if you get like a couple of G one matches on that show as well, just as like some opening matches, that could be a fun way to add some significance to that as well. Especially if you are putting, if they're going to do a similar thing they did last year by putting like one or two AEW guys on the in the actual G one. Um, but but yeah, the fundamental thing is this is super exciting that they're going to be putting on this huge stadium show, and I'm going to be very excited to attend. I'm excited for you, honestly. When the news came out, I was like, oh, that's so cool for Callum. He gets to experience AEW in the grandest way possible. And this was a really big announcement. Like this was this meant more than, oh hey, we're taking Dynamite to Craven Cottage. Or hey, we're gonna do a Saturday show, another one hour program. This was huge. And like Cody Rhodes said a couple weeks ago, I hope they can recapture the spirit of all in after all out kind of overshadowed things last year. What do you guys think about them just going with the name All In instead of doing Good. some other kind of name or calling it another version of Forbidden Door or using that AEW collision thing or, you know? Good. It shows that, like, All In was the kickoff to this product. This kind of solidifies that. Yeah. I got to like the naming pattern of it because you could do similar shows. Like, not saying that All In should just be, like, a purely London-based event, regardless of how successful it is, but then just the name of All In, we're All In London, or you could do something future, like, we're All In, I don't know, Sydney, whatever, if you want to go to Australia or something like that, or we're All In New York for Madison Square Garden or whatever. So, yeah, All In Tokyo or something along those lines. Like, I think that... uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, potential with that name, but I think that keeping that and also keeping All Out, it just makes sense because All Out's now an established name on itself. That's their Chicago show every year, so where it's like Double or Nothing is their Las Vegas show every year. I think it's fine to have that sort of like degree of continuity. Like th- these big shows are going to be happening in these core markets. and But yeah, I like the fact they're bringing the name back. I mean, there's a reason why... Tony got the rights to it, so. I mean, with the ROH thing too, that's even more cleared up. Mm. They don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so following that, yeah. we got Brian Danielson and all the whole setup of um, the BCC and Elite type stuff we're talking about before. Adam Page got a screwdriver to the face. Yeah, that's that was pretty uh oh. pretty gnarly. But it's just the the story they're telling is that Paige doesn't have any friends at the moment because they took out Kenny last week, they've taken out the Bucks and taken out Don Callis. So yeah, at the moment Paige is on his own and but Paige is, you know in this instance, maybe you could argue a bit of a stupid baby face for coming out on his own, trying to take on four guys uh that all will just be there to beat him up and but you know, having Danielson just shout about how he's like their professional wrestling, talk about how he loves Moxley and Claudio and Yuta, even though he thinks she was a little shit. Uh, that was so good. And then yeah, taking the street over the face to showing like, okay, this is this is like super personal and aggressive. This is goes beyond just wrestling and proving it. I'm we're the best professional wrestlers. 
this is going to lead to a lot of violent bloodshedy matches. So I'm excited to see where that goes. But yeah, this is the hottest angle in the company right now. I like that he was like based off of what else I've seen, <laughs> and, uh, kind of yeah, alluding to we're, that. We're the too, best yeah. in North America right now. I like that uh, little touch. So it ended up with the FTR and Guns tag team title match. If FTR would have lost, they would have been out of AEW. And of course they didn't. They won. FTR, new tag team champions, as things should be. So you can't go wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's FTR. They're great. Yep. Uh, only the second uh, team in AEW history to win the tag titles multiple times other than the uh, Young Bucks. And that's a good story you could tell eventually of those two going up against each other, depending, obviously very much dependent on Matt's injury and his uh, status on that on that front. But yeah, this was a, it was a good match. I li- like um, the guns coming out to, to uh, 50 Cent. That was a unique thing. I, I assume that's not going to be their, uh, their uh, theme song moving forward. But as a one-off thing to try and make them feel quite big, in their final match as champions, that's a uh, good going. But I think I think we're all pretty much agreement that is an experiment that hasn't worked with them as champions. They they're clearly not the top act you needed to have. But you know, logically speaking, they told a story of them beating FTR and then using that momentum to towards winning the tag team championships, and then it's FTR that come back and win it back with their titles on with their um with their careers on the line. And yeah, they've announced that. Well, Tony Khan said that uh, they've signed an extension to their contracts, so they're going to be there for a little while longer. Don't know how long, much longer, but at least you'd imagine at the very least another year. And uh, yeah, why would they want to leave right now? I guess is the is the real question. But but it's great to have them still around. They're a, a great uh, tag team, and look forward to seeing who they feud with next over the titles. Yeah, FTR, you know, gets the win. Good things are good. Imagine that, you know, like, people are actually happy to see an ending to a show, and that's the way it should be. I would love to see them wrestle the Bucks in London. I'd love to see them wrestle, you know, there's so many good teams that now they can really get in there and mix it up with. I I think they should get a good program with, Lucha Bros for maybe like it's not a title for title thing, but maybe if they want one more shot at the ROH tag team titles, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. And it feels like they're finally going to go on the tag team run. They've always wanted to in AEW. I mean, yes, last year they killed it everywhere, but now it feels like a good time to use that energy just for AEW. And I can't wait to see what happens. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's actually probably something that we should add to this as well, just because of the fact that they're now tag team champions, and then also the convenient announcement of the Wembley Stadium thing, and people thinking, "Oh, what? They must have something big in store if it's a if it's a Wembley show." Have they have they found an agreement with CM Punk? Is that the is that the is that a big uh, a big <sighs> potential reason why they would have gone into this? And again, I don't want to. Again, that's just pure speculation. Yeah, yes, it is. It is pure speculation, but it's not out so. of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like out. CM Punk wouldn't help you sell sixty thousand, and CM Punk is, you know, happily sharing 
pictures of FTR with the belts on his social media. He's happily sharing Dan Housen. Like, even if he's out again, he definitely doesn't have the bitterness that he did when he left WWE. So I think the door is open. I hope that, you know, they're able to come to an agreement because CM Punk is great. And aside from him being a little shit disturber, like he's one of the best wrestlers that you could possibly have in your roster from a storytelling standpoint. So let's do one last thing here and talk about our predictions for Battle of the Belts. That is coming up uh, tonight. We got three matches in typical fashion, three title matches. That's the whole point. It's Battle of the Belts. Uh, I, without even looking at what they are doing, because I actually haven't looked at the announcement of what the matches are. I'm going to go so far as to say all three titles stay exactly where they are because that has been the recurring theme of Battle of the Belts. So yeah, that is almost 100% certainly going to happen. That is almost very likely, yes, sir. So So let's actually take a look at what these matches are. Jade Cargill against Billy Starks. Yep, Jade Cargill's (laughs) retaining. Yeah, the the only thing they could have added some intrigue into is if it was going to be Jade Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie, but they're clearly saving that till later on, so... But yeah, Jade's not losing to Billy Starks. Mm-mm. Good for Billy though; she gets a, a good, a good yeah, really. We got a uh, to go against Orange Cassidy. That one, uh, maybe, maybe. If it was Rouge, I'd, I'd have more confidence. Yeah, same here. But yeah. like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, it wouldn't be. But I don't think it happens. Me, no, me neither. I, I, <laughs> I think this is just. It, it's just adding another thing to the story which they're telling, which is Orange Cassidy is defending his title a lot and having a lot of matches, and his, he's starting to break down. So it's just who is the one that finally gets him to snap. Hmm. And then uh, we also have the Lucha Bros, previously mentioned the ROH World Tag Team Champions against QT Marshall and Powerhouse Hobbs. Definitely can't see that belt changing hands. <laughs> No. Yeah, we don't need QTV uh, on Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'd 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 say that's uh, very unlikely to change hands. But again, it's it's somewhat logical in the sense that Powerhouse Hobbs has defended his title against both Penta and Phoenix one on one, and so they will win this match, but they'll pin QT to do it. So yeah, and I'm I can see this being a, and again, I don't know whether they'll go for it on this show, but we haven't seen Wardlow in a little while, so. Yeah, it would be something. You need something on this show. I'm not the biggest fan of these Battle of the Belts shows, as I mentioned before. I think that they to to be this deep into them and have as few title changes as they've had kind of just makes them pointless. And and like I don't think everything needs to be about title changes, but like if that's the gimmick, kinda. as little. Of anything worthwhile happening on these shows, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's just because they have, yeah. I mean, I t- I totally agree that these matches just don't have star power, mm-hmm. and it is odd because like you just had on on Dynamite, you had four title matches. Yeah, one of those that's on, weird. Put one of those put one of those on this show, and you might get more people coming to it. But I think there there's kind of that understand. I, I don't think these shows are. I mean, maybe they are long for the world because like fundamentally. 
what seems to be the case is that uh, Warner Discovery just can't get enough <laughs> AEW content, <laughs> so they just they're just going to give them as many hours as it as they want. It seems like so they don't really even need to put something on these shows that is going to draw a lot of eyeballs. But it would have been good if like they'd put either the FTR or the Hayer and Riho match on this on this just to add a bit more weight to it. But you know. It's just, it's just as long as the matches are good, then I'll check it out. But it's not going to be something that I rush to watch. I'm not going to stay up super late to watch this one. I'll just, you know, I'll tune in next time, check the matches, see if they're any good, and if they are, then cool. But you know, as you say, there's there's no major incentive to check this out, and I wouldn't blame people if they didn't want to. They feel very much like main event to me on WWE, where it's like, I wouldn't go that far. They have a. I mean, they're, they're obviously they're still higher up the main event, but the idea being WWE does main event purely because they get paid for it. There's no like creative license for that that they're really into. They don't care about it. They record the bare minimum right before SmackDown or right before uh, Monday Night Raw to be able to fulfill a contractual agreement. And I feel like the Battle of the Belts stuff is mostly, well, we're not going to put our thing that we actually care about on here. We're going to put that on Dynamite or we're going to put that on Rampage, usually just Dynamite. If we've got pay-per-views and we've got Dynamite and we've got Rampage, we're just going to put a set of title matches that don't matter on Battle of the Belts. It seems like it's paid for in that kind of way. So that's why they end up going with these names that, there's some names because obviously the champions are there, but more often than not, it ends up being, you know, Jade Cargill against like the last one she had was sky blue. And then, um, you've got matches like, uh, Wardlow beating, um, Jay lethal, where I think that they had already done it at that point. So it was just a rematch and you got Jonathan Gresham against Dalton castle, which that wasn't really all that established at that point yet either. And, they had the really good uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal acclaimed tag title match. So that gives me that vibe of just sort of you paid for it. So we're going to give you title matches, but they aren't going to be anyone. So we're actually invested in. So, uh, I mean, yeah, in a, in a way, it's like, yeah, I, I know it's a case of and I know you would take this perspective and I, I, I somewhat agree it's the case of you should be putting effort into every show. Mm-hmm. put out there but then there's also the argument of well this is going out 11 p.m eastern time who's re- <laughs> on a friday night who's realistically going to be watching this live and the people that realistically the people that are going to be watching this live are people that would going to tune in regardless because they're just big AEW fans so i'm not saying you should just phone it in but i can understand the rationale of saving your bigger stuff for yeah. the shows you're trying to draw more eyes to it's very much it's low effort Let's put it that way. It's not zero effort, but it's them being like Orange Cassidy and Jalisco. They all have a match and that's it. Like they're, they're not going to, they probably actually, the amount of time that they spent towards this was probably about like six minutes to be like, how about we do that? Okay. That's good. And they moved on and passed it along to the graphics department team that, you know, they took care of the rest, but that's at least something coming up tonight. And I don't really plan on watching it, especially because I don't even really plan on watching SmackDown tonight. I'm still kind of on the fence about that. I don't know. 
if you want more of uh smack talk and stuff by the way anybody i forgot to mention this earlier go back and check out the main event for this week which was my fantasy booking of wrestlemania 40 what i would do to fix what i think is a shitty situation that we're gonna be stuck in for many years probably and uh, i of course have things following up from wrestlemania that i wouldn't have done so kind of had my hands tied with some of that stuff had some other things where it's completely on me to suggest certain ideas out of the blue. And I think that there's some matches that people would have expected. And there's some matches that maybe people would be a little bit surprised to see that I had booked on that card. So go back, check that out. If you're interested in fantasy booking type stuff, make sure that you are also clicking around on all the different things that you can on smart moment and fanboysanonymous.com. for anybody who doesn't know what fanboys anonymous is all about. That is the Geek Culture website. That's the sister brand of this. It's a blue brand, essentially, the smackdown of that. If this is the Monday Night Raw red brand, bigger show more that we've put more uh, time into. We do some fun stuff on fanboys on the movie and TV and video game and comic book type side of things. So if you are into that, definitely check that out. I didn't do anything yet based off of seeing the Super Mario Brothers movie. But I'm going to do something. I just haven't figured it out yet. I don't really have too, too much to say about it. It was like, ah, it's cute. And, <laughs> you know, move on. But I might watch Shazam later today or tomorrow or so. Maybe I'll do something based off of that. Maybe I'll do something like a combo thing. It's kind of thinking maybe watching all those, uh, watch those two and Creed 3 and maybe doing like a speed round review or something. Stay tuned, whatever it is. I don't know what's happening, but I do know that I am still working, of course, on the Blueprint Project over there on fanboysanonymous.com. Specifically, I am working on more than anything else unless I get these random... I get these random ideas sometimes where I'm like, hey, I now I have an idea of something that Anakin should do in my rewrite of episode three. So then I end up writing a paragraph down about something like that, and then I'll be like, oh, you know what? I should incorporate this character into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing, or... Somewhat the other day, I had a whole idea about something for what probably would be like the eighth story for the Superman thing. So they pop up here and there, and then I work more dedicated on the Batman side of things and Power Rangers. I am going to talk more about Power Rangers coming up pretty soon because we got that Netflix special coming out, and I want to at least put up the slate of what my breakdown is, kind of like I did for the Batman uh, before that comes out so people don't go oh you're only picking back off of this be like no motherfucker i've been working on this for years so stay tuned for the power ranger stuff but also pay close attention to the batman a nighttime story 100 records from the wayne foundation archives i am doing so many different things that i did not anticipate that i would do earlier this year like i'm really getting into the stable diffusion ai to try to make some graphics for different things it is surprisingly difficult to get something that would be like Nanda Parbat and like, you know, a, a Himalayan fortress in the middle between uh, mountain ranges and all, and to actually have it look somewhat like what I'm going for. I don't know the right prompts for it, uh, but I, you know, we'll figure it out somewhere down the line. So chapter three coming up pretty soon. Guilt trip. I haven't, film that yet but i am working on the notes to kind of flesh that out and make that a little bit more presentable in that fashion instead of just an outline of things and you know text format but that's happening sometime in the next couple weeks or so so stay tuned for that and make sure that of course you are clicking around all over the things that you can find on anthonymango.com 
including my Facebook and my Twitter and so on and so forth, my letterboxed and such. Amangotree.com is where you'll find the same thing. It just goes to the same source. So go to there, follow and like and share and favorite all the good stuff that you see on all the different uh, things that are, you can find under Amangotree. Make sure that you are following what Rob and Callum are up to. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have a cool name like a mango tree because I wasn't lucky enough to have that last name. But if you follow me at Dude Felice everywhere, you can check out everything I've got going on. Fightful WrestleZone. Stay tuned to Fightful Select for all the wonderful things in the world of wrestling news. But you can also see that I did an interview on Coexisting After Dark with Maggie and Rob Wilkins. And I got to talk about my fantasy booking love of the stuff I do over here with Tony and Callum. Got to talk about a review to a kill. I talked a lot about Tony and Callum because I do love (laughs) these guys and they are my favorites. And yeah, just keep following me around. Dudefleece.com forever coming soon. And I now talk to Callum. (laughs) Oh, thank you for putting us over. We do appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. You can put me over there as well. And then you can, uh, despite my hates from WWE, I will still be doing the power rankings. <laughs> I, I, I can read results. I can read results pages. I can figure that stuff out. I'd have to watch it to know if people are doing well or not. And uh, yeah, so you check that out every single Saturday. This will be the first one of the, the next season. So there's, it'll be a year in the making. It'll be based on the WrestleMania results, something that I did at least watch. So I can I can base the things on that through my own eyes. And yeah, so check that out. That'll be coming out tomorrow. And for now, there's no nothing else really because we're going to be waiting on what happens with the Fantasy League and how that ends up shaking up. I have ideas about how I want it to look and feel if we do decide to proceed with it. But uh, yeah, you'll we'll find out more about that in the lead up towards Backlash. So that's it from me. And that's going to do us in for this episode of the Hot Tags. We, uh, we ran down everything. We want to know what you have to say, so drop your thoughts in the comments below. Keep the discussion going. Tell us what you want us to talk about next week if we missed anything as well. And stay tuned for... I don't know what we're doing, actually, to be honest. This is one of those weeks that we don't have anything set up in advance. So maybe we do something that's completely outside of talking about the stuff that's happening right now, because I'd be down to not be talking more about these things. We got to get a dark cast in there. So maybe we uh, do a dark cast as well. Maybe we kind of factor that in, do like half and half of something. I haven't figured it out yet. If you have any suggestions, drop them in the comments below as well. We always take that into consideration. Maybe we'll do maybe that uh, wrestlers in the wrong era thing. We were talking about doing that. That might be kind of fun. I don't know. We'll see. In any fashion, stay tuned to the channel. We will see you when we see you. This has been another smart out moment. And we are being counted out.